Howdy, y'all. Southofscruffy.com is up and running. I'm so pumped. Uh, there's a few people to thank here uh, for Southofscruffy.com. A huge thanks to the folks at Cosmetic. Uh, they're our sponsor for this show, uh, Cosmedicated.com, C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com. I'd like to thank Brent Collier uh, and Blake Dockery personally uh, for their uh, design uh, and branding and web design as well, and for getting it up and going. I appreciate it so much, guys. So the uh, South of Scruffy website is essentially the hub where you can buy South of Scruffy merch, you can listen to the latest episode of South of Scruffy, you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher from there, and you can find the Patreon community and all the Scruffheads who are helping support the podcast and be part of that community. It's pretty cool. Speaking of that community, the Patreon community, uh, the anonymous donor that I told you guys about last week is still matching any Patreon pledges made to this show with an equal donation to Second Harvest Food Bank of East Tennessee. Uh, Second Harvest is helping feed folks that have been economically impacted by the coronavirus, and that's pretty noble work. So help the podcast, help Second Harvest. It's a win-win. Uh, I'm so grateful for that donor, and I'm so glad that there are people like him or her out there that are willing to put their money to a good cause while helping this little old podcast do it at the same time. So thank you guys. Appreciate y'all so much. Let's do the podcast. We're doing the podcast. Welcome in guys. Thanks for being here. South Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming in, guys. I appreciate it so much. I've got Eric Baker on the show today. Eric is a musician. He's a singer-songwriter. Uh, he's also an Emmy Award-winning television writer, which you would not know that because he would never tell you because he's the most humble dude on the planet. Uh, aside from winning Emmys for writing television shows, uh, he's actually the subject of, a, of an upcoming documentary called Composing a Stranger. That documentary was directed by Jordan Peltz, and uh, it's it's not quite uh, released yet. Uh, it's still on the film festival circuit, so it might be a little while before we can lay our eyes on it. I've seen it. It is fantastic. Eric and I talk about that a little bit. We also talk about Eric's Thursday night attic shows that he's been doing. Um, during the quarantine, Eric has been doing Facebook live shows uh, in his attic, and they're awesome. He themes each show and does something a little bit different each week, and people are showing up for those. His following is rabid, so they come out and they and they watch those, and everybody seems to be having a great time with it, and I think Eric is too. It's just a new way the, uh, that musicians are having to approach the music scene and, and continue to work. And those are really great. So uh, find him on Facebook at Eric Baker and go to those Thursday night shows. Every single Thursday night, he's been doing them at his house, just him and a guitar, and they're awesome. I hope you enjoy our chat. Eric Baker is a wonderful human being, and I'm so glad to know him. I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. So without further ado, Eric Baker. Well, I appreciate you coming on because uh, I know you're a busy man, and a lot of people... I'm sure want your attention. I'm grateful that you gave it to me. Hey, dude, I'm happy to be here, man. <laughs> cool. And honestly, my calendar's pretty clear. So if you want to do this again tomorrow, I'm in. <laughs> Just spend the night. We'll but, do another one in the yeah, morning. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got to a point where I about had to interview my wife and my daughter <laughs> because nobody else could come over, you right. know. And and we stuck. I, I don't really want to do the um, 
the like remote thing and and do the Skype thing unless I really had to. And so mm-hmm. I just took the took the sanitation thing pretty seriously, and people felt comfortable enough to yeah to come over and all that. Well, what's life been like for for you lately? I know that you got had a big high in uh, February with your last couple awesome shows. But yeah, what's life been like recently? You know, I mean, the last couple of I mean, it's 50, I had to have to look at the, I didn't look at the board today. So it's 50, 50 some odd days or whatever, you know, that we've just been chilling at home, like uh, teaching math to, to Annabelle in the mornings, um, working out in the garage, freezing our buns (laughs) off. So you're teaching these days. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, actually I'm being taught more than, um, how's that common core stuff I keep hearing about? Oh, well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know so much about that. I just know it's like, I mean, we're talking about decimals and mixed numbers and fractions and man, I mean, I had to. I mean, a lot of it, I'm like, I, you're going to have to ask your yeah. mom. You're so she's like 11 or 12? Uh, or she's 10. 10? Yeah, Annabelle. Yeah, and so <clears throat> yes. she's probably as smart as we were as high schoolers. Easily, right? easily, <laughs> totally. Um, but, I mean, you know, today I was doing laundry and, uh, you know, dishes and yeah. cooking dinner. And, you know, it's just um, the uh, – I had a friend who – told me a story, you know, it's like, because I I told him, I was like, you know, I'm just trying to find like a a silver lining in every day, whether it's like, you know, a a walk with our dog and family. That you can have otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And so he said, yeah, you know, it's like when, um, you know, this mom takes uh, her, her kid into this, this big room, this big, you know, big open, empty room. And right in the middle is this big pile of crap. And the kid goes, woohoo, and runs and starts playing with the crap and is just like so pumped. And the mom's like, what are you doing? You know, that's yeah. crap, right? Yeah. And, Not to them. And, and the kid goes, you know what? It goes, well, this is horse crap, right? Or whatever. And she's like, yeah. And like, well, that means there's a pony in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, that's the way to look at it. So, you know, I mean, we've, uh, the first couple of weeks were really, I mean, I've told my wife, I haven't handled it probably as well as I could have. You know, everybody's like, well, have you been writing a lot? Have you been super creative? Yeah. And, and man, I'm not, you know, I've really, I've, really, I've been, um, you know, the first couple of weeks, I just getting all of these cancellation emails and, I um, bet that hits pretty hard. Yeah. Because it was kind of like, what am, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, how am I going to provide money? You know, how mm-hmm. am I gonna, and it, you know, what's interesting just in thinking about coming here tonight, um, I, I've had kind of been faced with a similar situation when my career was going really well and was kind of, you know, faced with, Hey, you're, you can't do that you know, anymore or whatever. You know, I had to kind of step away from. For other from, reasons. Yeah. For, for a complete other reasons. So, where, so your career was, was on turbo mode and then you had other kind of personal stuff that, that said. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Slow it down. Exactly. So this is the second time you've been through this. Yeah. Well, in a way, you know, but in a different, in a different, you know, completely different sides of the coin, I guess. But um, definitely the first time around didn't prepare me, <laughs> didn't prepare me, but um you know, what's great is you figure out how to 
to make it work. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that definitely was true the first time. And, and, you know, eventually I kind of got my feet back under me and, um, you know, I mean, now just our day-to-day routine is pretty, um, basic and, yeah. um, you know, not going anywhere or not. <laughs> I mean, it's for, for me, I'm as an extrovert to, uh, you know, hugs, complete strangers. <laughs> um, it's definitely been a challenge for sure. So I, uh, you and I shot, uh, one of your, one of your, uh, house concerts together. And, and, and one of the, something that you just said that, that remind that reminds me how resilient human beings are is you find a way to make it work. Mm. And that's the, that's the mode that, that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to die. You right. know, from, from, from not working. I mean, right. you know, we're, we are figuring out a way to continue on as human beings as close to normal as we can. And one of those has been your, has been your doing, doing stuff at home, right. And doing stuff yeah. on the, on the internet. And we, um, we, uh, <laughs> we were shooting, uh, f- for you one, one week, uh, the, for the local love box. Yeah. And, uh, you opened your show with, uh, uh, with a song called crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, cut. and that's been my anthem. Yeah, dude. For, for awesome. Listen, I've listened to that song a hundred times since, Excellent. since that day. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that really encompasses in a different way. Yeah. You know, what, what we got going well, on. Well, and you know, you saying that, that was, that was my anthem as well, you know, <laughs> and now I've just, I've bounced around and it sounds like all I'm doing is sitting around listening to my own music, which I assure you I'm not. But as I've been playing, um, you know, w- with, I, I mentioned kind of catching, you know, getting back on my feet and kind of figuring it out, I've been doing live uh, house concerts from yeah. our house um, online, you know, Facebook Live, and and we put it up on on EricBaker.com. Cool. And every Thursday at eight p.m. And I've been going through old albums. I had one week where it was all firsts where I I played the songs you never played. Oh, I mean a lot. Well, first, like I played the first song I ever wrote. I played the first song I ever learned on guitar. I played the first song, one of the, you know, songs off the first album I ever bought. So it was just like, you know, everything was kind of. Exactly. Exactly. So each week, uh, you know, either I'm playing an album or it has, you know, some sort of like last week was all love songs. Um, But what it's in a way forced me to do, um, and I guess to kind of. Um, what I said earlier was I hadn't been very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I say that I've not written. Right, um, but it sounds like... But I've been very creative in terms of of kind of dusting off yeah. um, a lot. I've been in the woodshed, really, yeah. you know, because I'm like, holy, yeah. Sh- yeah. holy crap. I don't know if I can cuss can on this. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, holy shnikes. <laughs> um, I haven't played this song in almost a decade or more, you know? And, uh, so that's been extremely, um, inspiring. Yeah. That's like a different type of creativity is repurposing old stuff from a different era in your life. A hundred percent. And, and, uh, just, you know, talking about crazy being your anthem as I've played some of these songs from week to week, I've kind of gravitated to different songs that, that I kind of needed to hear, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. you know, just as, you know, we're just dealing, dealing mm-hmm. with a lot of new stuff and dealing with, um, you know, so a lot of heaviness and a lot of darkness and, and it's just amazing how, um, 
you know, another song that I think I played on the show that you um, that you filmed a song called Comfort You. Yeah. Um, which it's like a song that was written over 10 years ago felt like I wrote it to hear on a certain day, like yeah. a month ago or yeah. whatever, you know, and, and that's, uh, and, and I, you know, not just my music has done that, it, you know, I mean, other music just as I've been listening to over, over the last six weeks, it's, it's just, it's interesting how, what's going on in your life, how that changes how we receive um, how we receive m- movies and, and mm-hmm. t- any any type of thing, you know. But music, for me, I've just been receiving it um, differently. I don't know. It's it's yeah. uh, in the best way, though. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely when you talk about coping coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, you know, a glass of red wine and and music has, has been. You know, <laughs> I heard you say something once, and I heard it in person, and then I, I saw it again and. A documentary that you uh, that that is made about you uh, called "Composing a Stranger," which is really awesome, and I hope people get to see it soon. Uh, but I, I heard you say this about your music or about this album in particular, and you said, "I want people to hear this, and if they're sad, I don't want this to be something that brings them out of it necessarily." And I'm probably butchering this, but you said something like, "I want them." to be okay with feeling what they're feeling mm-hmm. and, and for my music to, to, to make them feel like it's okay and to feel it. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. similar to that. And I feel like your, your music really has a way of doing that. It doesn't, it's not the stuff that you listen to when you're sad and it makes you sadder or you listen to it when you're sad and it's uplifting and let's go. It's just like, this is what it is. And it's so, and what it is is okay. Right. Well, I mean, you know, some things that you listen to or watch or whatever you escape in it. And then there's some things that kind of make you face it in a way, you know, and, uh, and definitely I think that, that not all of my music, but a lot of it definitely is more, um, you know, hopefully helping people face it and, and hopefully stand up, against Mm -hmm. it, knowing that there is people who are going through the same things that, that, that are, you know, hopefully give them strength to, to keep, yeah. I mean the good stuff and, you know, the bad stuff and the good stuff, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all part of it, you know, and, and definitely I've just written what I've, what I've experienced and, you know, I've never, I've never been formally trained, uh, you know, any lessons or anything. So like passion and emotion and like real experience, rawness, those are like the things that, um, you know, that, that instead of the, the actual how music is made. Yeah, the and, technical part of it yeah, or the oh, theory. The theory, yeah. yeah. Not, you know, I mean, that's that's not really what's going into it. It's all Story putting your hand heart. on your heart and... Feeling. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And and volume. <laughs> 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 I say all the time, it may not be good, guys, but it's going to be loud. <laughs> well, your music kind of... And I want to get to, like, how you got, got here and all that, but, like... I, 
I feel like your your music it it it's very multifaceted. You 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 don't you don't just just write these you know somber songs. You don't just write these uplifting songs. You don't just uh, write these rockers. You know you've got all all of all of those that yeah. really full kind of have a lot of texture to your catalog. You know, hey, I like that. And, and that's I don't know. I I can't imagine that's very you know easy to do. And I think if it were coming from anywhere other than you know, a, a, a noble and, uh, and a, uh, person to person kind of heartfelt kind of place, you know, I, I, I can't imagine that it would, uh, that it would be very, very easy to, to make those different kinds of things unless you were really coming from, from a place of being a person who feels things. Right. Yeah. Well, and thankfully I've, you know, it's one of the, the blessings of never having a record deal, or, you know, anybody sitting across a big table saying, you need to write this song. Right. And so I've, yeah. I've been able to, you know, get up and write whatever I want, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, the great Eric Baker reggae record is is right around the corner. Dub side of the baker. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, who knows? You know, it's like... Uh, I mean, I can do that though if I want to. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the as time has gone on, own and uh, in my career, more doors. It's like I built more doors than walls, which is awesome. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 literally brought me into your doorway, which yeah. is which is great. Which so. I'm very I'm very grateful for. I, I got to be honest, like I, I've been nervous. Uh, uh, to to see you twice now, right before the first time I met you, um, and then and then tonight, <laughs> right before you got here. Because, really? Yeah, yeah. Just because, uh, just because you know, I. It's so, weird when you hear about somebody and you read about somebody in the paper, in the you know, Metro Pulse, or you read a review about somebody's show, and then you kind of put them on this pedestal of like them being a famous person. And then when I met you for the first time, uh, you know. I, I think I got out of the car to meet you, and you were going, oh, in the summertime. When <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that song was stuck in my head for a month. Oh, but I was yeah. like, man, this is the most disarming guy in yeah. show business. Right well, I totally remember that because you were like, have you seen that video? And I was like, <laughs> I've, n- I've never seen the video. And then you sent it to me, and then my Mandy and I, we watched it every day for the next month or whatever. Because so. it was stuck in your head, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. So where did you where did you come from? Where'd you grow up and all that? Um, I spent uh, I was born in Jackson, Tennessee, in West yeah. Tennessee. It's like in between Nashville and Memphis. Uh, yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Exit ninety three. That's where Law Road. That's where I lived until I was in uh, fifth grade. Okay. And when I was in fifth grade, I moved to a small town called Halls, Tennessee. Oh, uh, um, in East Tennessee. No, no, no. It's a not Halls Crossroads. It's Ooh. there's a Halls in West Tennessee. I did not know that. Yep, it's uh, seventy miles directly north of Memphis. So, oh wow! Yeah, so, so it's up right near Missouri. It is. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Real close to like Carothersville and all that. Like um, <laughs> the metro, the metropolis of <laughs> Carothersville, exactly. Carothersville. But it's very rural. Two thousand, only two thousand people. Oh wow. Um, and we actually, when we first moved, we moved to an even smaller little town called Gates, Tennessee. Gates and Halls. Um, yep. And and these are you know one. I mean, Gates just has a flashing four way yeah. light. Yeah. And we lived. 
um, for almost a year with my my uh, daddy Cecil, my my dad's dad. Um, and then we moved uh, across the street into a single wide trailer oh, wow. that we lived in for, uh, for uh, I guess, going on a year. Gotcha. Um, and then we moved, you know, five miles down the road to Halls. Oh, nice. Um, which is 2,000 people, big farming community. Cool. And it's where, it's where my, my dad's family cool. uh, is from. And was it your dad's of, job moving you all around? Like uh, it was actually my mom's. Okay. Well, and my mom and dad's. So they my, were together? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So first my, um, my mom got a job teaching school. She taught, uh, high school English for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, so she, uh, drove back and forth for a year, which it was, it's almost an hour drive from Jackson to Halls. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, yeah. And then, uh, my parents ended up also, then they bought the flower shop in Halls. Oh, no way. Yeah, Halls Flower Shop. And uh, my dad ran the flower shop. My mom taught school. She'd come to the flower shop after That's after awesome. school. And, you know, they just, it was just a small town flower yeah. shop. But You got brothers um, and sisters? Older sister. Okay. Older sister. Cool. Yeah, so. Uh, Were you all close? How, how much? How, like She's how much? four years older than me. Okay. That's kind of far when you're growing up. You know, it. it it, it, when I think about it now, it is, but she was just the best big sister because awesome. she included me. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, some of the first parties and stuff I went to, I mean, <laughs> you know, I was a freshman in high school. She was a freshman in college, in college and she would let me come up and hang with oh, her. That's cool. And, um, you know, just, uh, I mean, she, so much of, of who I am, she's a big part that's of it. Awesome. Just like, I mean, even singing, like, she she, she sang and um, I'd sing along to what she was singing to yeah. and um, you know she taught me how to dance and awesome. taught me how to halfway dress and <laughs> you know she just was like hey you know yeah I think you were you wearing gotta be her thinking jeans about this. the first time I <laughs> yeah, you, uh, <laughs> exactly exactly so what were you into growing up was music a thing or was you, were you a sports guy um, sports yeah. and and like you know I mean I played football and baseball oh, cool. um, you know that was I mean it's just small town yeah America yeah I mean that's Halls Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. Farming community. It's like it's like the Friday Night Lights. That's you know, right. It's probably exactly. where everybody went on Friday. Yeah, that's right. So and and you know, I I actually through high school, um, I weighed 185 pounds. Actually, weighed 195 at my heaviest. Oh wow! Um, and I played middle linebacker and fullback. Dude. Um, yeah, which was. But man, I, I'm, you've lost some weight. I'm, oh yeah, a lot of weight. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Well, and my mom cooks like Paula Dean. Yeah. Uh, you know, butter and sugar and everything. <laughs> um, so when I went my first year of college, I came back and I'd lost a bunch of weight, and everybody was like, "Are you okay? Are you, <laughs> do you have bad Eric Baker's on drugs? <laughs> he's on the he's he's, he's on the devil's dandruff. <laughs> that's right, exactly." <laughs> Um, so when did y'all move to East Tennessee? Was that in high school or Col- college? Is what brought me here. Okay. Yeah. Does yeah, college yeah, yeah. bring everybody to to East Tennessee? I, mean, you know, I feel like there's so many people that have come on this show who I feel like we're so fortunate to call Knoxvillians who were brought here by the university. Yeah. I mean that's that's what brought me here, and and I fell in love with it and have, have never left. I mean I've actually now lived in Knoxville longer than I've lived anywhere else. So I mean this is. Oh wow. I mean, this is home. So the university brought you here. Why was it? I mean, I'm sure you had your choice of of 
where to go? What made you want to come to Knoxville? Well, just I, in state? Well, I, I actually, I first went to MTSU in oh, really? Murfreesboro. Yeah, I spent two years there. Uh, I actually went to school doing, I wanted to do broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do, I wanted to be on ESPN. You did. You, you wanted know. to be like a sportscaster. I did. Oh, yeah, man. that was, that was, uh, so they, their mass communications department is tremendous. Yeah. And what's funny is their recording industry program is like in the same building, super <laughs> renowned, you oh, know, really? And, oh man. Yeah. Big, big time. Yeah, so and if you had just hung around, <laughs> well, you know, I just wasn't at that time, you know, I didn't, I mean, at that point I, as a freshman, I, didn't uh, music other than loving I was a fan of music you yeah. know big big fan um but no I wanted to I mean everybody in my my small town they said that I was either going to be a preacher uh a lawyer or a politician I think that was the oh, well, I think that was the 30 something like that so yeah. your charisma was identified early by everyone <laughs> yeah like my, my energy energy <laughs> charisma well what what brought what uh what brought you from the communication school or the, the you know, journalism? Well, stuff? my first two years of college, I changed a bunch, you know, because I kind of, yeah, you know, I just grew a lot. I mean, changed isn't, I mean, I, I, I did change, but I mean, I mm-hmm. just grew a ton because I was exposed to so many new things, new music, new people. Um, but I felt like I... There was kind of a, and, it, and a lot of it was probably self-imposed. There was a, a low ceiling on me in, in at MTSU because people still saw the person that I was when I first got there. And you couldn't, and, you couldn't shake a reputation or well, a, a, an image that you'd already yeah, kind of made for yourself. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, no, you're not that guy. You know, you're you're that guy. You know, and um, do you think and, that was really the perception was really that in sticking around, or do you think it was kind of self-imposed? I think, yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely a self-imposed, uh, or you know, just where I felt like, am I? Am I not being genuine in who I'm trying right. to be? And I've been this way before. Be. I can't change now. Right, exactly. I, if I change and, now, they're going to call me phony. <laughs> yeah, when that was kind of the thing, people were, or maybe I, I mean, whatever it was, I, I was like, you know, I, I need a fresh start mm-hmm. where I can then come into that situation. Yeah. Um, up whatever rungs I've climbed, yeah. you know, and, and, and be who you are now. Exactly. Right, be, be who you become, who yeah. you became at that point. Yeah. yeah. So I knew when I moved to Knoxville, uh, it was 1999. Okay. Which is crazy. The year of our Lord. <laughs> and back in the 1900s, <laughs> yeah. I moved here. Um, but I knew one person, a guy named Josh McCollum. Um, and, and I moved into, in South Knoxville, uh, college park is what it was called. I remember that place. Yeah. All college kids. And, you know, you just paid, they're set up in a quad, Mm -hmm. uh, where you got a, 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 a middle area that, but you just pay for your room basically. And I moved in with three complete strangers. Really? Yeah. Who I still keep in touch. And I mean, they're still some of my best friends and I didn't. Yeah. And Josh wasn't a part of this crew. Uh, I mean, he was, he he actually moved a semester after I got here. So, um, so yeah, he was definitely actually the first place I think I went to when I got here was um, Black Horse Brewery in, in, when it, uh, Sequoia Hills area. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it, it left and and now it's 
back there again or was back there again, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can remember, you know, that was one of the first places that that was your introduction to to Knoxville. Yeah, well, <laughs> first yeah. place you used your fake ID. <laughs> well, my first, yeah, my first actually introduction, first time I used my fake ID was actually I came and I did a, uh, I, I mean, I, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble. I came for a student council thing in high school. This is when I was, um, I guess, a senior, junior or senior in high school. And I met a girl from Knoxville, uh, yeah. and there was a dance at the end of the weekend. And instead of going to the dance, we snuck out and um, we went to uh, well, shoot. It's where Lonesome Dove uh, is oh, now. Sol- Patrick Sullivan. Exactly. Yeah. And so we went. She was like, "Hey, I can get us in this place, you know." And yeah. so that's the first beer I ever had in Knoxville was, was it when I was Sullivan's? there and as a junior or senior in high school. Did you ever play and there? Did you ever bring? It full I did. Circle? Oh heck yeah! <laughs> Upstairs, actually. Yeah. 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 I oh, bet yeah. that load in's a bitch. Oh dude, it's horrible. <laughs> it's on the horrible. third floor. Yeah, horror. Thankfully, as the singer, you know, yeah, slash it, guitar acoustic rhythm guy, yeah. I just the load in is always pretty easy for me. So, yeah. So after, after you're here, did you know you were in the right place? Were you a junior at this point or super sophomore or uh, uh, a junior? No, I got, yeah. I, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I knew because it just, it just allowed, it was like, you know, when you transplant a plant, you know, you kind of outgrow the planter, right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, Oh, well the, the roots are growing, you know, it, the roots need more room to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, Knoxville just gave me, um, that room to, to really, to really grow. And, um, and it's, you know, you think about the decisions that you make in life and, and moving here was, it was a really difficult one because just trying to transfer credits and, yeah. you know, and, and two years that I'd already spent there and very formative years. And mm-hmm. I had great friends there and everything. Um, and then to move to a place where you don't know anybody. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it, the first bit was hard, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like, man, have I made a huge mistake. But now as I look at all of the things that have happened since, and, you know, it's, I mean, my career in music, uh, you know, I didn't, I mean, I didn't start playing guitar until two years after I moved here, you know? So, I mean, that was something that, that, that developed here and was fostered here, you know, meeting my wife and, um, you know, so many of the friends in the community, this community that has just been tremendous. This community Um, loves you. Oh man. And I love it. You know, it's, um, and people for, uh, for years have been like, you know, going to move to Nashville. You should move to Nashville. You should move. And it's like, man, yeah. no, I, I, I never has it even been a consideration because I mean, yeah. we just, we just love it here because it's, it's, I mean, Knoxville truly when, I mean, like the, just back to that root system. I mean, Knoxville is what's allowed me to, to grow into who I yeah. am and the life that I have has grown in you know, in the ground here, yeah. which is just awesome. So did your parents stay back in West Tennessee when you moved here? Yeah, they well, I bet that um, was tougher than being in middle Tennessee. Yep. And it feels far away. It you is. Know, East Tennessee and West Tennessee yeah, feel like separate. It's almost a six hour drive. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can drive six hours in other places and cross 
several state lines, exactly. you know, and yeah. I mean, you're still, <laughs> still in Tennessee, babe. Yeah. Here we go. We're almost there. I promise. Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, when our daughter was born, they were kind of like, oh, hey, you know, need to think about, we want to see her yeah. more. Did now, they move here? <laughs> they bought a house here and they, my sister and her husband, they, um, they lived in the house for a while. And it, the idea was that, hey, they would live here. Um, that my sister and her husband would kind of would they, like they fixed the the place up yeah. and and did a lot of work on it and to get it ready for them yeah to make the move and they just they never were able to quite yeah. pull the trigger because I mean my dad's brothers and sisters are still there and yeah. you know so many of my What'd mom's you call friends. Your granddad? Daddy Cecil. Daddy Cecil. Yeah. yeah. Daddy Cecil. Yeah. Uh, so your parents are still back back in West Tennessee? They are. Is your yeah. mom still teaching? No. No, no, no. They've been retired for a while. Good for them. Um, and they, they sold the flower shop. Okay. And uh, so they come and they, they, they are here a bunch. Yeah. Um, What'd you do so. at UT? What'd you study at UT when you got there? Um, still... Communications. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Communication Pu- still. Public relations is what okay. my yeah, is what my degree ended up being in. So Yeah, that's I hear the communication school at UT is really good. It hey, it, <laughs> with products like yours truly, <laughs> I am living proof, yeah, baby. That's a pretty good resume sitting right now, across the table. No, it's me. exactly. No, yeah. it's su- it's a it's so cool to uh now going back. Sorry, I'm no, bumping okay. the table. Um if you heard that thump, it was my knee <laughs> on the table. Uh <laughs> um, you know, just going back to games and um, you know, being a, I'm wearing games. I'm wearing a Tennessee sweatshirt right now. Well, I mean, yeah, you said you got that when you were how old? In seventh grade. In seventh grade. So you were still in West Tennessee at that point, right? Yeah. So oh, but, oh. so the, the volunteers were on your radar. At oh, that point. heck yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh yeah. So it was yeah. faith that you ended up at the University of Tennessee. Totally. And yeah. it's a it's a badge of honor. It really is just yeah. to be an alumni. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been able to go back and do some things with the communication school and, you know, um, kind of tell my yeah. story and try and encourage people to, I mean, cause young people trying to find their way. Right. I mean, I just remember being 21 mm-hmm. even and not knowing what, I wanted to do and feeling overwhelmed, you know, this kind of overwhelming uh, pressure to like, I have to make the, the call right now. I you remember know? that, that stress yeah. and, it, and it can eat you up. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, my whole thing is now it's like, I mean, it, it sounds cliche and cheesy, but you know, following your heart. I mean, and that's, that has been the thing that has, that I've, it's kind of like, all right, Mm -hmm. put my hand on my chest. Does this feel right? All right, let's do it. You know? And, and I mean, it's made all the difference for me, you know? And Um, and so you've gone back and talked to students at the university and the communication school about that? And I'm sure their teachers are like, oh, we shouldn't have brought this clown in (laughs) here talking all this love stuff. They're going to drop out of school and pick up a guitar. Exactly. But I mean, it's just kind of like, hey, I mean, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, again, I'm going to pull out every, uh, I've written down all of these cliches on a uh, scrap sheet of paper so I can uh, bring them in, Um, you know, to to bestow my wisdom upon people or whatever. But I mean, for me, it is, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of days that I do 
you know, work hard and wonder and doubt and worry, you know, if I'm, you know, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. But I mean, all in all, um, I have lived when I think about, and I, the way I put it is, and when I think about an old wood box with six strings on it, you know, that I picked up really late in life that most people are like, oh, you know, go get a job, man, go get a yeah. job. But it's that old wood box with six strings that has literally taken me around the world. Sure. Um, and has introduced me to my wife and, um, you know, brought, I mean, so many of the things in my life, I have music and, and you know, being a, a singer-songwriter to thank for picking up that old guitar, yeah. you know, and, um, that's the butterfly effect, right? I mean, it's that one, the, it was just oh, yeah. like that. You decided to pick up a guitar. It was a decision that you could have made a different decision at that, at that point, but you made that one yep. and look at the path that it set into motion. A hundred percent. And had you been having a different kind of day or a different, you know, different thing going on? Yeah. Your life looks completely different. Totally. So when are you, the, so you're an Ashton Kusher fan? Is that, <laughs> <laughs> All about was his movie, He was right? in that movie, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Sorry to derail no, you. No, no. I, I, I forgot about the movie. I, I just, I think I about the, there was a short story that talked about, you know, stepping on a butterfly or something and how it can change the whole, yeah. uh, you know, the whole uh, trajectory of time. Uh, but yeah, great flick. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you, when did you, you said you started it late. Were you in college when you? Picked up that wooden box? Yeah. I Well, I bought um, a $150 Fender when I was actually in Murfreesboro, you know, okay. being so close to Music City. Yeah, and, electric? You know, no, a, uh, just a Fender acoustic. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I still have it. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't actually learn how to play it until, until I graduated. Like, mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, was just fiddling around. And then after I graduated, I took the time... I mean, because at that point I had a lot of spare time. Um, so <laughs> looking for jobs and stuff. Well, wasn't efficient. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll go with it. we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking for jobs. Well, did you pick it up pretty quick? Um, you know, with my rose tinted glasses, I did. Yeah. Um, I still the F chord really was a bear yeah. uh, for me. Um, just because you got to lay your pointer finger down on a couple of Yeah, uh, right. You know, just as kind of like, man, my hand does, does not do yeah. that. It I does mean, this all the other ones, but yeah, this one feels yeah. weird. <laughs> and and I was getting paid to play and still couldn't play an F chord. Really? Oh, yeah. So did man, you totally. did you start gigging pretty quick then when you when you picked up the guitar? Um, it, it did happen pretty quick and i think that maybe there just wasn't a lot of talent around at the time it was, it was a small pond I mean, it was a very small pond at that time you know electronic music was huge um uh yeah you know i would play in my bedroom and and you know i was just learning the songs that i that i loved at that point mm -hmm. you know big like big ben harper fan yeah, he was me a too. big influence did you learn um, some burn one down oh yeah man you know which that is also <laughs> redemption song ish yeah. you know yeah. so i was like man i almost learned two songs in one just <laughs> like this 
Um, ben Harper was great. I, when I picked up the acoustic guitar, it was his stuff. And his, is, his stuff's a little different. Yeah. Uh, the way that he, but it's very simple chords. Totally. You know? Totally. Just picks them in a certain way. Yeah. And his voice is so good. Yeah. And yeah. his lyrics were so good that it just resonated. Totally. His stuff was great and influenced me musically. Yeah. A whole lot at the time around the turn of the century. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see that. Um, I mean, just Ben Harper as a fan of music, when you talk about that resonating, mm-hmm. right? His It was his music that kind of was like, oh, oh, man, I can feel that yeah like it was like the first music that really you know i grew up a top 40 kid me too and uh you know love love yeah totally Mm -hmm. love uh country music you know 90s country music um i'm big big fan of that as well um but but just the the heart and the um just the impact of his music and his shows um you know the first show at the Bijou Theater I ever saw was a Ben Harper. Yeah. Um, the, and the Innocent Criminals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and he did it in somewhat of a primal nature. I mean, his, him with That's an acoustic good, guitar yeah. and his soulful voice. Yeah. And it, it just, everything was right to make you feel and yeah. to make you emote. Primal's really good. Yeah. There were definite primal moments where it was just like, oh, this is unhinged right now and the best way. Yeah, but I bet as someone who's thinking that maybe this could be a career for you, watching somebody who's not slash out there having to, you know, know all this technical, yeah. you know, fretwork and 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 music theory, say, man, you know, the barrier to entry here. It, you know, I can almost do what Ben Harper's doing right now. Right. Like, yeah. That's got to be encouraging. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that I could do what Ben Harper was doing, but yeah. it definitely, what's interesting is when I was listening to his music and going to his shows and, you know, experiencing it, I was doing it purely from a fan standpoint mm-hmm. and just sitting here right now and everything that you're saying, I'm like, wow, it's amazing how it's a bigger influence, I think, than like I'm realizing literally in this moment the influence that, I, you know, more, probably more than I've given him credit right. for. Um, just because, uh, man, yeah, I was just uh, just a huge fan, mm-hmm. you know. And, and him and Jack um, Johnson were doing the doing the thing, and Jack yep. Johnson was a little more Hawaiian, yep. bubbly-tozy, yep. you know, up, upbeat, but very catchy. Yeah, still, and th- those guys really. Yeah, for me, those kind of uh, those those are two kind of different sides of the same coin around that time. And I'll give you. Everybody always talks about how, like, what you said. Hey, man, you're just a down to earth dude, and you're, um, you know, you're just a man. You're you're not a you're not super douchey um, <laughs> um and the, the kindest compliments that i get every everywhere i go i saw uh i saw jack johnson open up for for ben harper and then um at the i guess maybe at the tennessee or it might have been at the bijou but then jack johnson came back a couple months later and he was open up at blue cats for carl denson's tiny universe yeah. and KDTU. and me and me and a buddy of mine went and um, there were like ten people there, really? and every and and I mean it just was totally empty. He came and he played, and I think the ten people that were there were mainly for it was right before uh, Flake really yeah. hit and yeah. all that. But he came out afterwards and hung out and was awesome. was accessible and yeah. was real and and you know I've had the few famous people that I have been able to hang out with and and meet and everything. The majority of them 
of the good ones have been that way, just yeah. completely down to earth. Mm-hmm. And like that early lesson of, um, you know, just being, Hey, I'm, I'm a just dude like just you like are. you. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I just play guitar and, you know, have to drive yeah. around in a, in a Honda Civic everywhere. Yeah. I don't see why people are such assholes once they get oh. famous and up there. Like yeah. I, people love Chris Robinson and the black crows and all that. And I love their music, but that dude's an asshole. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I can't, I, it almost ruins it for me. Yeah. Like he's so out there as an asshole yeah. that I, that I almost just can't even listen to their music because oh, of that. Man. And, and so it's good to hear that there that people like people like you that, that, you know, have, have seen a very good amount of success, but they're, they still understand that they're just another person, just like everybody else. No better, no worse. I, I love it when people come. I mean, that sounds like I'm, you know, uh, egomaniac or something, but when someone says, I, sorry to bother you, or, you know, if I'm at the grocery store or wherever, and, you know, they're inevitably going to say, I love your music yeah. and it's a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, who doesn't want to hear that? So I'm always yeah. like, man, you've made my day. Yeah. And we used to, uh, Mandy used to give me the biggest, the, such a hard time because we would go to Costco, <laughs> you know, go to Costco on the weekend or whatever. Yeah. And, and I'd have, a couple people come up to me, you know, yeah. in one shopping experience. Yeah. And she goes, well, shit, you should have brought your glossy eight by 10. I'm going to be signing my glossy eight by tens at the Costco this Saturday, everybody. Um, but, but then we went here recently and nobody said anything. She goes, are you okay, babe? <laughs> anything from yeah. Costco. I, I just like, needed I just, an ego boost. Exactly. I just needed somebody to tell me I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> when did that start happening though? Like when did you, when did you start getting stopped in public? Ah, and- uh, man, I can remember being at Walmart one time and somebody literally said, you know, you look just like the air, like Eric Baker. You look just like him. <laughs> that was, you know, and I was like, you, well, thanks. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it, it, it took, it took a while. It took a while. I can remember when I was playing, I think one of the the first times somebody said something, I actually it was before I had really even written any songs. You know, I played on Cumberland Avenue. Yeah, like um, uh, Long when, Branch and oh, all that yeah, stuff. Oh, Charlie's on the yeah. Strip. That was our place. You remember, yeah. the, was the Tin Roof around yet? No, I think it replaced Old Charlie. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and so we played uh, Matt Brewster and I and Andy Wood. Yeah. um, You know, we played every Friday night at Old Charlie's on the Strip uh, for, I don't know, three years in a row. Something tough, a tough slot, time slot to get. uh, Oh, well, I mean, again, it's when I listen back to the demo that we gave them to try and get the gig, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm shocked that we got it, you know. (laughs) But those were, you know, that was, you talk about like the 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. I mean, we were doing four hour sets. Of covers? Four, all covers. Yeah. Four or five nights a week, all throughout, all th- you know, all over town and, and like in Maryville and, and Gatlinburg and places yeah. like that. And and so I can remember though being on spring break, uh, you know, when I was doing nothing but covers and I had, I had a group of people stop me and and say, Hey, are you, you're Eric of Matt and Eric, you know, at that point, you know, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. I bet, man. And that was, you know, that was just singing covers and playing bars and, 
um, you know, just having fun. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, like what we were talking about before we started with this podcast, you know, I mean, if you're having fun and that's, what's kind of fueling it to get it off the ground and mm-hmm. get things going and to get people, um, engaged, that's, that's the healthiest way to get something really started in the yeah. right direction. You yeah. know, it's, um, it's worth it. It feels like a, it's worth it too. Once you, you know, it's, it's not easy money. You didn't get rich quick play, playing oh, no. music, you know, yeah. like you had to yeah. put in your time and you had to yeah. do it, but yeah. you know, it sounds, you know, the, the cliches aside, like it sounds like you, you really identified what you love to do and you were able to do it, uh, will it to happen ultimately. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it's not just will it takes the people around you. And I mean, I've been super lucky to have a supporting cast, um, you know, from my family, my mom and dad, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my wife, my daughter, uh, my sister, I mean, uh, my friends, uh, you know, my community. Sure. Um, well, when did you go solo? When did, uh, when did Matt and Eric uh, well, Matt leave and Eric, their Friday nights? Matt and Eric um, turned into Down From Up, which was a rock and roll band, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. You know, um, and we, that was really when, um, you know, kind of, I mean, I, I at that point I was trying to write some songs, but it was kind of the acoustic songs that then I would change to, to go to hard rock music or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but it was, it was... Was it square peg in a round hole a little bit with a, the songs little, you were writing? A little bit, yeah. yeah. You know, but it, you know, at that point, I mean, um, I was, I'd been playing music for a while, and it, and it, and it was like, all right, well, I've been doing covers and having fun, and what am I, what am I really doing here, you know? And uh, so it was like, well, I don't want to play covers my whole life, right. you know, and. And at that point, it was me, Matt, and and Andy Wood, and um, you know we'd been playing together for. I mean, we were best friends. You know, yeah. we were together all the time. So we just kind of started trying, you know, some original stuff, and and we did a couple of records, um, and 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 really, it it quickly evolved into like a hard rock. Because Andy Wood's just such a monster player. Yeah, I've and, heard. I'm not super familiar with with his stuff, but his yeah. name is ubiquitous, man. Like, yeah, I mean he's I mean yeah. he's one of the best players in the world, you know. Yeah. And and then I mean Matt is just super talented as well. Mm-hmm. I mean they they both were are are you know way more talented than <laughs> I am. Um, you know, again, I'm just the loud guy jumping around <laughs> a lot, you know, and wearing you know girls' jeans. <laughs> Um, that so was what I brought to the, uh, you know, thing. but, <laughs> but it ladies. quickly, it quickly, um, you know, there was just this point where, you know, I still was listening to singer songwriter music. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really, um, you know, I was, I, I gave the hard rock thing. I mean, it was, it was fun. And yeah. again, it was part of, I, of the, the journey. Yeah, it was was probably your your undergraduate in in music, you know, or it was your like you're really getting out there and maybe taking some classes you didn't want to take, but learning a hell of a lot from doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely what it did, it forced me back around back completely around because I was like, man, you know, I've kind of gotten off track. And then 
um, just musically or whatnot. And, and, and what it did, it, it brought me right back to where I started, um, to like the acoustic singer songwriter music. And like my first two records, I was like, I don't want any electric guitar. So on my first, on my EP and on my first full length, um, what was that called? Uh, the EPs, it's getting too late to say it's early, which was Uh 2008, uh, 2010, holding the pieces in place. There's no electric guitar on either one of those really? records because I was just like, yeah. I went, you know, completely. I wanted it to be um, very acoustic, very yeah. minimal, yeah. very, you know, just where it's like a minimal musical, not. Uh, I mean, it's a minimal musical presentation or whatever yeah. ensemble with like a maximum emotional yeah. uh, impact. So, so you use all your uh, use all the efficiency on that emotional impact, I not do. not out here in this yes, in this periphery totally. of noise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kind of yep. drives it in a more succinct yep. manner yep. to the listener. Uh, yeah, I saw a Down from Up album cover, and I saw your haircut back then. Yeah, oh, yeah. Little, Hoobastank, maybe some, oh, uh, yeah. maybe some Incubus, uh, right. oh, yeah, influence. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both in the haircut and the album artwork. Yes, yes. And then that's such a different, different guy than what your music, you know, kind of morphed into at some point. So after you went out on your own, and you, you, I assume you started writing these songs for the EP, probably. Yeah. And then did did you kind of find your find your footing? Did you become comfortable in what you were making? Well, right I've been, bat? I'd been writing the singer songwriter sad bastard songs yeah. the whole time even with down um, from up yeah just exactly been totally. a rock rock finish exactly on them. yeah exactly and um you know i i mean i would completely because uh, we would write the music together and and then i would just kind of be like oh i have this song that i can see if this works yeah. or you know i mean that that did a lot of that um but um i had played with someone you know, Matt, Matt Brewster and I, we, we started out, we played together the whole time. And then we brought Andy on a couple of years into that. And so I'd played as a duo or a trio yeah. always, you know, I'd never, I'd done a one or two when it, when I just had to play by myself and I didn't feel like I, I wasn't quite comfortable, Gotcha. um, you know, being by myself, not thinking I mean, I I just didn't quite have the confidence. And, you know, a lot of that just goes back to, man, you know, am I really a songwriter? You know, I mean, my degree's in public relations. I've only been playing, you know, I can barely make an F chord now. (laughs) You know, I mean, do I really, um, you know, am I a songwriter? You know, so. The next show um, of yours I go to, I'm going to say, play an F. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, it's an F U chord (laughs) is what it is. Um, So, so yeah, you know. I, it was right around that point of kind of like, all right, well, what am I, what am I doing? And, you know, I, I was, was dating Mandy at that point and, and was seeing that get more yeah. serious. And was, did you guys you meet know, just through kinda, the music? We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just yeah. another one of those effects that picking up the box with strings on it. hundred percent, man. hundred yeah. percent. How'd that, so. how'd that go down? Just um, at a show or something? Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. I was playing. Did she come to a couple shows and like well, kind of follow you around? Here, I wish bit? she was here to tell the story <laughs> because it's true, 100% true. And I love it so much. Um, we played off of the strip next to Golden Roast, uh, right down from the library, right off of Cumberland Avenue. It was a place called Trios, and it was a pizza place. Yeah. Um, it wasn't there very long because they let anybody 
you know, with a heartbeat in there to drink. <laughs> but we played Wednesday nights there, and it was like a, you know, a ladies' night kind of thing. Oh, and okay. it would just be packed. And this was, you know, me and, and Matt and doing covers and, yeah. you know, just having fun. And uh, and Mandy was a cheerleader at UT? Uh, at UT. Yeah, so her and her roommate, they her roommate was like kind of coerced her to mm-hmm. come, hey, let's go listen to these two jackasses sing in the corner of a pizza place and we can drink for free. For yeah, exactly. You know, and listen to some, you know, average music or, you know, almost average. And so they, they showed up. We, I didn't even meet Mandy that night, but her friend came up and requested, um, your body is a wonderland by mm. John Mayer, mm. but she did it in a, in a very rude entitled um, yeah. pretty girl kind of way I've or seen whatever that yeah, behavior. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, all right, hey, this this song goes out to so you know, whatever a roommate's mm-hmm. name was. And instead of playing Your Body's a Wonderland, I played uh the Summer's Eve douche song. <laughs> the commercial. Like, there's a there's is there a theme song for it? Oh well let me uh, <laughs> come on. Here, you let me get have the a pitch sip. pipe out. <laughs> There it is. All right. And so I got you sang- I hear it. Yeah. So this is what I sang. Instead of your body is, I was like, yeah, hey, everybody. You know, this is everybody. Look at this girl, basically. And she's like, yeah, and that's me. I requested the song. He's playing it for me. And then I riff into, I'm dreaming of summer, cool breezes, fresh air. When I get that feeling, summer's eve takes me there. That cool, fresh feeling keeps the good times on my mind. Summer's eve brings back freshness every time. So she's mortified. You know, that's, I mean, yay, summer's eve. I mean, such a great song. I mean, that I even still remember it. But her friend is like, F that guy. He's a, you know, and, and then Mandy on the spot says that's hilarious i'm gonna marry that guy one day are you serious and it was two years it was it's serious that's the, that's the story i'm gonna marry that guy someday the guy singing the summer's eve douche song that's why she's a girl after my you know she yeah, gets me she exactly. gets me um but yeah it was like two years later before we even met um and she was she would come and and you know come to old charlie's and you know don pablo's and west knoxville yeah. Uh, old Charlie's in West Knoxville, all the, you know, all the bars that I was so singing. So she became a little grippy. She did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we just, you know, either I was dating somebody or she was dating somebody and, you know, it just took us a while to, to connect. And Let but when we did, that when we did it, uh, you know, we actually, she came to a show, we played Blue Cats down from up, oh, played wow. Blue Cats. Oh, and that's, then a big, that's a big gig. Am- immediately after it turned into a dance club. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, it was just one night after a show and we're at the dance club and we dance and it's like, oh, well, hello, <laughs> you know, and, and since dancing together that one night, we've not been apart. That's it's excellent. Been, yeah. I mean, like over 15 years now. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've met, I've met your wife, Mandy and, uh, you know, there's a, one of your albums that is called Dear Amanda, right? Yep. yep. Um, I assume that's about her. Uh, I, I can, it's about my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I can, uh, I always, I don't know why I think if it's because I, I, I know her or what, but, but when I hear some of your most heartfelt songs and some, some of your, I don't know, some, some of my favorite songs of yours, I, I just picture her for some reason. I can feel, uh, 
I can feel some really strong, some strong stuff in there. And I can almost see the person that you, that you wrote it for. And that's, um, it seems like she's really been a muse for you. Oh man. Oh, I mean, definitely all the best stuff, you know, any, if I do have a good song, you know, I mean, definitely the ones that are kind of good or whatever. I mean, they're, I mean, she inspired them for sure. I mean, she's, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, um, you know, without meeting her, I don't know that, I mean, I don't think I would have be doing this. Well, she, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, your parents were encouraging and you said Mandy was too. So yeah. like, I mean, that's gotta be, she had to really believe in you, right? To, to, to say, go ahead with this idea. You're good. I know you're good, but it's yeah. a lot more than that, obviously. Well, and you know, during those, because when I kind of went out on my own, we'll say, I also, I was, went into graduate school at, at UT mm. and I was going to, I was going to teach English as well. So I was kind of getting a, I was getting a graduate degree in English and then was going to, yeah. um, they were doing a thing where you could get hired um, and you could do your teaching credits while you were teaching yeah. and, and some. Like a graduate uh, assistant type deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, I, and in some instances where if you had enough credits where it would just like kind of jump, you could get in teaching a yeah. little earlier, yeah, get gotcha. in the classroom earlier. Yeah. And, and so I was kind of trying to get on that track and, um, you know, just Still trying to, music? Y- yeah, Still but I mean, at that out. point, um, that's when I started, you know, focusing more on the, the acoustic, I wasn't playing as many cover gigs and whatnot. Yeah. And I would started playing some songwriter rounds and whatnot. Like open mics? Open mics, yep. yeah. And and Mandy, all the, you know, a lot of this, you know, just back to, I mean, the support that she gave me in terms of believing. She yeah. believed in me as that, you know, it's like, am I a songwriter? You know, I mean, I mean as I'm asking myself that, she definitely was like, yes, and mm-hmm. people need to hear these songs. Yeah. And it definitely gave me that encouragement and that nudge and that support yeah. when it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not uh, making – I don't have benefits and I'm not making yeah. any money and I'm living in a place that's, you know, 200 bucks a month and yeah. includes all of my utilities. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's and, uh, what it takes to yeah. make it work, right? Yeah, you totally. do what it what it takes to make it work, yes. to make it happen. And that's easy to say. When I think back on it now, it's like, I don't know, yeah. man. That sounds kind of <laughs> shitty yeah, to me. Exactly. Um, but uh, she did. She supported me. And, and you know, while I was in graduate school, that's when I um, got lucky enough to um, Ted Heinig from AC Entertainment mm-hmm. heard me at a songwriter round and he offered me the John Legend um, opening spot. Like really? literally after the show was like, Hey, what are you doing on May 9th? And so, so, so th- you're playing an open mic and there's a talent buyer there well, watching the open mic and literally, literally doing the thing that people who sing karaoke in Nashville think is happening. Totally. It's one of those. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that he was there. Right. He was actually Ray LaMontagne had played in town and he played the Bijou that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was kind of, Ray's guy. Okay. Um, and they came in to, it was at the World Grotto. Yeah. If you remember the World Grotto. Downstairs at the Grotto? It was downstairs, yeah. yeah. And it was me and, um, oh, crap. Um, it was me and, you know, several K 
cats, you know, up there just yeah. swapping songs. Probably and a dozen people playing, or, or no, 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 it was just like four of us, just oh, okay. a songwriter, you know, you, you know, yeah. just a songwriter in the round kind of thing or whatever. And uh, and so so he just happened to catch me sing a few tunes and um, and asked you to open for John Legend. Sure did, yeah. <laughs> And what's awesome is Ray was standing. Mandy loves to tell this story too. Ray was standing at a popcorn machine <laughs> by, by himself. He's like major introvert, super quiet, you yeah. know. And Mandy is too. Mandy won't go up and talk yeah. to anybody, but she sure enough went up to Ray at the popcorn station, <laughs> and she was like, you know, do you like anybody up there? And he goes, yeah, I, I think the guy in the red shirt's pretty good. <laughs> and that was the guy in the red shirt. <laughs> We've laughed about that so much. I was like, I'm the, I'm the guy in the red shirt. Yeah. So was that a big break, the John Legend thing? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like, you know, I, I, I tell that story all the time, but yeah. I mean, it really, it's There's one a of dog those. Leg for it's your just, career. it's just one of those, well, for my whole life. Really? And just for, you know, I was seeking validation. Right. Because it was like, man, I've played with people um, for years, you know, I mean, the only, performance aspect of music that I know is not me by myself. That's with other people. And, you know, um, man, am I good enough to do this by myself? Right. And, you know, am I, I mean, just, you know, just self, I am pretty good at self doubt and, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really that's good probably at, what motivates you a little bit, right? It definitely does. Yeah. It definitely does. Um, so was that so like, the, like, was the John legend show like the next day or was it three no, days? No, it was no, like no. months was, down the road. Or yeah, something? it was, it was a while. It was okay. a while. So you and, had time to tighten up and get in and, and, and overthink the hell out of it. Find some, sure. Yeah. Find a guitar that I could borrow <laughs> that, you know, wasn't, get rid of that $150 <laughs> yeah, Fender. Exactly. Totally. Well, and if anybody from Fender's listening, I had no offense or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, was able to brush up because it was yeah. like, oh shit. Because literally I went from playing to 15 people who could care less. I mean, this is exactly the way I say it all the time, but it's 100% true. 15 people could care less to 1,500. Yeah. You who know, the were show, engaged? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, the, I mean, the show was sold out. I was. Super nervous. Um, I, I played six songs, you know, roughly a half hour. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, walked on stage being like, oh, man, I, am I really, you know, wow, what am I doing? You know, how did this happen and yeah. whatnot? And then the guy that walked off stage was like, I'm... Mandy, we're making a record. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I pretty bet much. You, I bet you left... I bet you walked into... Uh, the Tennessee theater being one of four people at an open mic and you walked out as a musician with a following yeah. a little bit. Well, did you get people from that? Did you get people following I, you? Oh, from that? I did. I actually, somebody, um, Ben Ferguson, who's a, name. yeah, oh, he's a Knoxville. He's been here forever and yeah. he's just an awesome dude. He, um, he actually messaged me just in the last couple of weeks and he was at that show oh, and he really? sent me, he was like, Hey, was this the John Legend show? And that's how. Uh, yeah, there were a number of people that um, that you know here in town yeah. definitely saw that show, and um, after the show, you know, at that time I didn't have any Eric Baker recordings or anything like that, right. so I just printed off my name and my MySpace page yes. on on pieces of paper, you know, and uh, we did Little like, flyers, miniature yeah, flyers, yeah, just cut them out and and yeah. you know handed them out afterwards. I bet you know, it worked. And, I mean, it did. Well, I mean, the thing is that show then 
led to another one and led to another one and led to another yeah. one, you know, opening up for yeah. people like, I mean, I opened up for Natasha Bedingfield. I yeah. opened up um, for Edwin McCain, a whole bunch, Dave Barnes, um, James Blunt, you know, just a bunch All, of in those. Yeah. Um, and then I got uh, a sundown in the city. Oh yeah! I opened up for Mark Broussard. Oh really? Uh, but it was like over ten thousand people. Yeah, you know, heck just, yeah. I mean, it was it was huge. So it sounds like you the know. John Legend thing was like, hop on the rocket, here we go, hold on tight. Yeah, and I mean, then it it just kind of every things opened up from then. You had credibility. You obviously had chops, and then I'm sure that each one of those gigs that you get moving on just compounds on top of what you've already done, and yeah, then all, before you know it, you're doing this for a living. Yeah. That's pretty much, I mean, it definitely wasn't a rocket. It still was a slow burn and, um, you know, it didn't rocket off, but the biggest thing that it, that it fortified was it validated me, you know, which is probably the one thing that could have kept this from all happening. Totally. Yeah. I mean, my self doubt (laughs) was a major bear and still continues to be where I'm like, Oh, do I look fat in this dress? You know? And I still look fat in my sister's jeans. (laughs) That's my big thing. It's like, do I look fat in this dress? I mean, I, it's, I constantly need like, yeah, you know, maybe not constantly, but I I do value validation and like reassurance. I'm the same way, man. And, and it comes off as needy sometimes. Like, oh yeah, no, my Mandy, Mandy, if you're looking, Mandy's like she's nodding her head yeah. right now, going, yeah. I'm not gonna feed your ego with this self-deprecating stuff. Yeah, you exactly. Going on. Yeah, I get yeah. it. It's but to have that validated and to have it validated with some regularity, yeah. I'm sure was a really nice feeling. Yes. And the thing, the thing is, you know, and when was with, that? When was that that it started? What year? That was 2007. Okay, that's a good. It's a good while ago. Yeah. And it started this whole ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, May 2007 was the John Legend show. And then February 2008 is when I released the record, uh, the first EP. Yeah. It's getting too late to say it's early. Mm -hmm. I recorded it in October. Um, So, I mean, from May to October, kind of getting ready for that and everything. Where'd you record? Uh, Lakeside Studios, Travis Wyrick. Oh, yeah. Um, Is that how you met Mike Deering? I met him in the rock and roll days. Really? We, yeah, we, well, we, he, wore, he we wore girls' big, jeans. Buddy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's told me about wearing girls' oh, jeans. Oh, yeah, he man. Said that he they had, didn't make skinny and he, jeans And then. he had a huge uh, mohawk. mohawk yeah. And, yeah. I've known yeah. Mike for almost 20 years. Yeah. Mike's yeah. a great dude. He he uh, mixes this show sometimes, too, and, of course, I work with him all yeah. the time. Well, he's, he's a, a killer, great, great musician. Yeah. Um, I've written a number of songs with Mike. Really? And, yeah. Well, and he was Travis, Travis Wyrick's engineer for a while, right? Yeah. Long time. Yeah. 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 And Travis Wyrick's a, a dude who's a bit legendary around here too. Yeah. Did you record all your albums with him or just the first couple? Or? Uh, the first one and then Dear Amanda. Okay. Um, when did that which, one come out? That was 2012. Okay. Uh, boy, I should know that Somewhere off the top of my Somewhere around there. Yeah, this is what? What what year is it 2020. now? 20. Yes, 20. 2015. 2015 mm-hmm. is when. Gotcha. Yeah, so 2010 was holding the pieces. Goodbye June um, was 2012. So you put Dear one out Man. about every two years? Yeah. Roughly? Yeah. yeah. Do you write songs in between those albums and then kind of 
kind of uh, build up build up a big catalog and get 20 or 20 good songs that you've written that you love and then kind of parse them or call them down into what you think feels best cohesively on a record? Is that kind of your process? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I've yet to um, have like a full record that is comprised of songs that I've written in just one section of time. Right. Most of them people going to studios and sitting down for a week and writing a record and recording it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not not your game. Not, I've not done that because for me, the it's uh Oh man, I was listening to a Malcolm Gladwell podcast and he was talking about Picasso versus another guy that, um, two different, artistic styles one is like all right it's done and i'm (laughs) done with it i'm on to the next thing and then you know the the other guy just is he just sweating it oh yeah and it just (laughs) Just, is like a 20-year process to get it and and i'm more that's that thing you know it's um detail oriented yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah and just well it's not so much detail it's just more that sometimes it takes 10 years for all the right words to 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 find their place. You yeah, know? it's a distillation, right? Of of all the best. Definitely. Things. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and and, and 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 you know, certain songs, maybe the chorus ends up being it it becomes another song. And and gotcha. so for me is when I go into the studio, it's like, all right, let's empty out the the the, the treasure box, yeah. you know, and let's just see what all's in here. Because yeah. I've found that you know, for me, songs that I've written 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I mean, on, on the, the, the newest record that I just released, Morning Light, there's a song that I wrote 15 years ago. Hmm. That, that's that on means, the new album. That's on the new album. Wow. That means more to me now mm-hmm. um, and resonate and really, you know, where, you know, it's like I've grown into this. You wow. know, it's like, you know, you, you get your dad's jacket when you're when – you're, <laughs> just out, you know, when you're in your early twenties and it's like, mm, this, you know, it's a little too big or your dad's shoes or whatever they may be. And then one day you put them on and it's like, oh, you've grown, man, now it's, oh, now you, you grew know, into the me, song. Yeah. Well, and, and you grew into the man that, that, that it was about, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways as well, you know, so, um, you're a little bit prophetic. You just don't know it. <laughs> You well, know? yeah, right. I'm like, wow, that that guy 15 years ago was a much better songwriter than he had. He had way more uh, spare time on his hands, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's and that's part of what I was saying at the very beginning was, you know, where certain songs and even going back to songs I've recorded and everything to to go back to them 10 years later, they. You know, they, that's the beauty of art and everything mm-hmm. is that it, it grows along. I mean, it's not yeah. static. A song, right. it's even though it is recorded and done and it's the, you know, you go, it's the exact same song, but it's not static. It, right. mo- it moves with you. It, it mm-hmm. evolves with you. It grows with you. It changes yeah. with you. Um, sometimes you grow out of it and right. then, and a lot of things you grow into. Yeah. Um, and and it still holds up, but in a, in a new way. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it, it's still right. Yeah. It's just, it look, looks different now. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so your, your career and your, and your trajectory and I, and I, you know, I think it's been pretty well documented that you came to this point in your career where you kind of had to make a choice about, you know, is it music or family? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify it, but from what I've read and seen, that's kind of the narrative a little bit. It is, and yeah. What, what, and I don't want to go on about it too long because there's, you know, I, I know that you've told the story a million times, but, you know, 
that seems like a really tough position to be in, something that you have worked your entire life to build something and then for it to be going so great and to have something else that you have built alongside it be going so great and to realize that you get to choose one of those things. Yeah. Is that? Well, I mean, so, you know, just to set it up or whatever, I mean, as you know, I record the first record and, you know, then that just, it, it was like every, every opportunity led to another opportunity, led to another opportunity. Which is success, and, right? It feels like success. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't again, that rocket ship, that skyrocket thing. Yeah. It just was this steady, my whole career has just like the graph on it is just this steady climb yeah. upwards. Um, and it's kind of like, well, hey, I'm going to keep doing it because mm-hmm. it's seems to be, I mean, there's still forward momentum in this. So, I mean, um, you know, and again, thankfully, my my family supported me through all of that because it took a long time to make it actually financially, yeah. I guess, successful. Yeah. But but yeah, so, um, you know, the the EP led, you know, gave me the opportunity a couple of years later to record Holding the Pieces in Place. You're married um, by now? That was 2010. So, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I got married in 2008. Yeah, 2008. Right, right around the EP time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Annabelle was born a year later, 2000, okay. 2009. Okay. Um, and and then you know my career is is gaining traction, and you know I'm I'm now married, and yeah, now I'm a dad, and a, yeah. yeah, and you know a lot of just a lot of exciting stuff going on. And, uh, you know, the, the, with these opening opportunities, you know, Ted Heinig, um, definitely, yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, kind of championed, uh, me and took an interest in me Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it took a couple years, but AC entertainment then signed me as they managed me. Um, they were my first management company. So they're trying to actively get you gigs. Yeah. And they were, you know, very, you know, Ted Heinig, um, you know, very instrumental in Ashley Caps and AC Entertainment. They very, very instrumental. And in early on, just me really gaining a fan base yeah. and, and getting exposure. Because gotcha. that's, that's been the kind of the model for me all along. I, my songs really aren't going to be played on the radio and it's hard to get on the radio. So let's just burn up the pavement and, yeah. and play as many shows and get in front of as many people as possible. And do it that organically? Was, yeah. That was the that was the model. Yeah. And so I um, you know, 2010 pretty much just hit the road. And started um, touring. Yeah, started touring uh, you know, for uh the next three years. Um, you know, another record cycle with Goodbye June. Um but was on the road for three years and things were just continuing again. Just this, every opportunity led to another one yeah. and, and, and new fans a handful at a time. But I mean, it's like, Hey, come on, you know, we're. Yeah. Your snowball was were, growing. It wasn't yeah, totally, melting. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, um, you know, meanwhile, I'm a dad and a husband. Right. Yeah. And, um, and looking back on it now, I realized that I was way more of a singer-songwriter than I was a husband and a father. Yeah. And that's just that, I mean, just to 
that oversimplifies it a little bit, but you know, that, um, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't around, Yeah. you know? And I mean, the thing is that, you know, I justified it by saying that I was doing this for my family providing and, but a lot of it was what you were talking about where here I have this, you know, I'm, I get so much fulfillment, Mm -hmm. so much, um, uh, I just get, my music gives me so much. I mean, it really, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just an expression, but also a validation. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Totally. Totally. And, you know, meanwhile, my, my wife was working at, at UT as a neonatal intensive care nurse at nights with a with a baby yeah. and, and your parents and don't gone. live here at this They're, point. Right. Exactly. So you're, you're, your whole side of the Baker side of the tree is not contributing. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I mean, they would periodically, right. but I mean, yeah, you know. but, but it's her and, and your kid yeah. and, at home and you're on the road. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm, you know, getting to do at that point, then I was playing all over the world I was getting to, I went to Asia for a few weeks. I went to um, the Middle East for a month. I went to wow. Europe, um, got to go to Cuba a couple of times. I yeah. mean, just, you know, got to experience a lot of great things. And unfortunately, um, you know, I was experiencing all of those things and growing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it was, it was, I was growing away from my family. Right. You know, I just, um, the way that I describe it is it's like I had this family photo album and it was all pictures of me yeah. alone at all of these places, yeah. you know, and, and that, you know, that just, it, it wasn't the way it, it definitely wasn't going to make it. You yeah. know what I mean? It just wasn't. Um, Seems it, like a fertile ground for resentment and just, uh, just a, a tough way to raise a kid by yourself as a mom. Yeah. Dad providing and all that is fine, but you know. She's boots on the ground. Totally. You're seemingly probably having the time of your life getting this this all fed, this thing, this monster, this beast that you want to feed with with attention or whatever it is or just your stuff being accepted. Yeah. Um, I I can see how that would be a a very tough thing for mom at home to reconcile. Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, now looking back on it and just as we've grown and talked about it and, you know, just being able to look at it with the, the 2020 of hindsight, it's like, ugh, you know, I mean, there's just so many things that I could have done better and mm-hmm. so many things that, that I just was fooling myself. I was blinding myself, you know, I mean, truly the stage lights and, mm-hmm. you know, all of yeah. that, that, I mean. It's a very real metaphor. It is. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, because. I was having the time of my life and, um, you know, and, and, and all the while though, this it's growing, you know, and I don't know, just, um, but it, it definitely came down to just what you said, where it was like, all right, you know, I can be a successful singer songwriter, um, and, be divorced and maybe not know my child and, you know, whatever kind of wreckage mm-hmm. that road looks like, right? you know, or I choose the other path, you know, and choose my family. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is I've, you know, I've, my, my parents are amazing and, and have been a big part of my life and I've always wanted to be a dad and I've, yeah. al- and I've always known that I wanted to, to have a family. And so I was just, uh, you know, 
people used to ask me, they were like, ah, oh, that had to have been a hard decision. And I used to lie and say, oh, no, no, it was it was choosing <laughs> my family. Yeah, choosing yeah. my family, you know. Yeah, that's and, the and, stock answer. Yeah, but that was – it was a really hard decision. I bet it was. And um, because when I I had to part ways with my management and my – my booking agent yeah. and, and basically it's not just out. you at this point, right? Yeah. It's, there's yeah. people that are depending on you also for income and totally. for all that. Yeah. So, and they're, and they're like, Hey, you know, it was the end show of, for you next week. Well, you it was do the it? End, end, end of 2013, you know, and that's, you know, three years into this heavy touring schedule. And they're like, all right, Hey, we got to start gearing up for another record cycle. And, and, and I know you've been working hard and you've been sacrificing and it's hard. You know, I realize that. But it's for you to get to the next level, it's going to be a lot harder and you're going to yeah. have to sacrifice a whole lot more. And that's just when I knew that it was going to be one or the other, that yeah. that that continuing on the pace that I was on, that my family would not survive it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, or if I if I choose my family and and pull pull out uh uh, the the uh, all the momentum that I'd been working on was going to kind of just hit the brakes. Yeah, at least that's what the industry says. And is that what happened? Well, no, that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, definitely, I lost. You know, I mean, I I spent a lot of t- used to spend a lot of time in Nashville, and um, you know, I had William Morris was my booking agency. Oh yeah, you know, that's really, a big one. Yeah, I mean, it just. Um, you know, I mean, I, and all of that again, feeds kind of, I guess the ego and, you know, it's like, I don't know, it just, it was awesome. It was really great. Yeah. Things Um, are going great. Yeah. But so as far as the industry, uh, definitely it was like, you know, oh, he's choosing his family. What the, you know, (laughs) (laughs) this guy's never going to make it in this town. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Pretty, you know, I mean, not, not really, but I mean, um, so. Was that what happened? Did, did did it stop? Well, the music well, did it completely stop. I, well, I stopped point? playing music for a year. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, pretty much to because mend I, your fences. Yeah, because my personal life, um, you know, the way you put it was they were both doing great. But I mean, my music career was doing great, and my personal life was gotcha. Um, not, was was not doing great. Okay. You know, just neglected, just heavily neglected. Every relationship that I had. So I, I have a, a little bit of a question about that because I've you know just in the last five years done the dad thing too. And it's a lot of responsibility and it's daunting. Was there, was there part of you that said, if I do the music thing and I'm touring all the time, it it will um, maybe delay this responsibility or delay this? <laughs> I mean, that's a tough question for me to ask, but was yeah. it inside of you? Was there anything that was like, I know this, I know this feels right. I'm scared to attack this unknown, which is parenthood and, and being a family man. Um, I mean, certainly, I mean, every day as a parent is walking, it's another step into the unknown, yeah. you know, it's like what, but, um, probably just, you know, you, my gut reaction is, is at that time, you know, eight years ago or whatever, it was way easier to be on the road. And that's what Truth, I mean yeah, by yeah, I mean, did they, you yeah, choose yeah. the path that was comfortable or that well, you it was, knew because it was what you under, understood and you could see what was going to happen. But being a parent is scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, 
unfortunately put a lot of that on on the scary heavy lifting. Mandy did the family heavy lifting for for a couple years. Yeah. Without a doubt. A hundred percent. You know, having to figure out how to manage a full time job. And really at that point she was the main moneymaker. You know, it was kind of like I was building markets, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, hey, we're building trying to you know mm-hmm. lay the foundation you for something startup. that's going Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and she was a nurse. Yeah. Getting paid every yeah. day. Yeah. That she went to work. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some days that I lost money, you know, yeah. I mean, so, um, so yeah, I mean, really, I mean, just to say it, um, cause I don't know if it's, I just want it to be recorded somewhere. I mean, <laughs> the, the catalyst of my success, definitely Mandy Baker is, I mean, my wife, she is, I mean, without her, uh, it wouldn't have been possible cause she has had to, she's had to shovel a bunch of a bunch of shit and no pony, no pony <laughs> in the room. She's just shoveling the, the the crap, and she's like, "Damn it, there's supposed to be a pony in here somewhere." You know, when's this pony gonna get here? You know, so. But is it is it good now? Was the decision the right decision? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So I mean, just you know, so I so I ended up, um, you know, I decided not to to make another record and was like, "Hey, I need a break." You know, I need to put my personal life back together. And I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, everyone may go and start listening to somebody else and yeah. just forget all about me or whatever. And, you know, so for um, a year or I mean, for a year, I, I didn't play and was trying to at that, you know, the first few months of that, you know, it's kind of that what I was saying earlier, you know, compared to what these last couple of months have been where, where I was trying to figure out what I was going to yeah. do. Right. You know, yeah. and, um, you know, it's like, I, I, I'll be a, maybe I can sell something. I don't know. You know, and, um, our, our neighbors, uh, he's a contractor and, um, and he was like, Hey, I can pay you, you know, 10 bucks an hour and you can yeah. sweep and learn how to do stuff. Yeah. And so I'm literally, these are the options I'm that weighing. You have in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's when, you know, the TV show thing. Yeah. So, so it was, you know, 2013 end of the year. I, Brian Allen. Yeah. Um, He's been a guest on the show before. Oh man. He was one of the ones I was going to, uh, nominate, nominate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. Um, he, uh, we had met, I was on the cover of city view magazine and he okay. shot the cover. We met and that's that how you way guys met. and, and we just started having breakfast, yeah. you know, every now and again and have a beer every now and again and just, yeah. you know, just catching up, hanging yeah. out and, you know, became friends. And he um, had been just wanting to get together and he'd, he'd reached out several times yeah. just trying to yeah. um, have lunch, basically. And um, and I'd canceled on him twice. Yeah. He'd set something and I canceled and we had something set. This is, you know, right at the the beginning of 2014, right at the beginning of the year. When you made the switch. And- yeah, you know, I was having a tough time yeah. trying to figure out what I was going to yeah. do. If you were going to work construction or not. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like figure out what you were going to do to yeah. support your family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, and I end up, I was, I wanted to cancel the third time. Um, and I ended up saying, 
you know, I ended up going. We had, it was 1030. We met, I guess maybe 11 because they probably, we were at Double Dog's. Uh, oh, in, yeah. in, uh, That's Brian's in favorite Valley. spot. Oh yeah, his spot, his yeah. spot. If you ever want so to we, get Brian Allen's ear, go to go Double, to Double Dogs. Dogs. Exactly, <laughs> he's there. That gets you know, just he, Double Dogs <laughs> might be all he hears. Yeah, but. exactly. But yeah, so we 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 get there. You know, it's it's still morning. It's definitely before yeah. noon for yeah. sure. And I, uh, can I get you something to drink? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'll take a sweet tea or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I want sweet tea with four splendors. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hey, I want, you know, the biggest beer that you got. And, and he's just kind of like, whoa, dude, it's, what time is it? I mean, what are you doing? You're like, I'm going to sober up if I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Exactly. That's about right. And um, so then I just kind of poured everything I was going through. And really? just, just, yeah, I was just like, just you let him open up. It. I did big time. Yeah. And, you know, just. You know, and he listened and mm-hmm. was, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, because my every every dime that I make and, you know, everything that I work for and everything that I do, it's built around touring. Basically, yeah. that's the only way I'm able to make money is being out on the road and, and playing shows. And, you know, basically the only way I'm able to provide for my family. Uh, and that's off the table that. now. It's right? off the table. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've got to do something. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know what to do. And. And he was like, man, I never even considered you for this because I I knew that you were gone all the time. He was like, but we just got this contract for a television show. And, you know, we've already auditioned like 50 people and, you know, we've got it narrowed down to three, but we haven't made the final decision. And, you know, you could, I could, I can, I can't give you the job by any means, but I can definitely get you an audition. Yeah. Um, so to, to host the TV show, yeah, to host the TV show. That was the whole thing. Yeah. He was like, we just got that. We were looking for a host. Yeah. Tennessee uncharted, Tennessee uncharted. Yeah. And well, at that point it didn't it have did, a name. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, even, it, it, it had it a working just, title. Do you just, remember what it was called at the time? Um, well, I mean, that, that's the it's beauty. Like Tennessee Valley rising or something like that. Didn't it have a, a working well, that title? was, that was the, uh, when, when it turned to Tennessee Valley, uncharted. Oh, okay. it was Valley rising oh, was gotcha, one of the, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. But at that point, it was still kind of this idea, you know, of a, uh, you know, that they were still in the development stages of it, um, which was super exciting. But he was like, yeah, you know, we're looking for a host for this outdoor adventure travel show, you know, kind of thing. You know how to work people. You have a communications degree. Yeah, but I mean, I was like, I've never hosted a show. I don't know anything about that. There's no way. I just, you know, it's back to that. Do I, I... I definitely look fat in this dress. You know, it's like I'm instantly needing validation. I'm like, man, I don't know anything about hosting a television show. And he's like, dude, you know, you would be great. You would be perfect. Just audition. Let's see what, you know. And uh, and sure enough, we filmed. I still remember the copy. Um, It was about fly fishing on the Hawassi. Um, You know, and I'm like, how do you pronounce Hawassi? And, you know, what are tailwaters? And, you know, I didn't know anything. And, um, you know, we're in the office and I'm, you know, it, I'm like pointing behind me at the Hawassi, which is yeah. just the back wall of the office. And You're doing the whole weather the worst, reporter thing. Exactly. The, the worst, worst audition in history, for sure. And um, I ended up getting the job. That's crazy. So they were already... <laughs> They'd already gone through callbacks. They were down to four people. And then here you come at the last The black minute. horse at the very end. But the thing is my, yeah. my uh, interview, because it was still in, they still didn't really know what It was in development? The, yeah, it was in development. Yeah. And I came in and was like, hey, you know, I'm born and raised in Tennessee. And this is the only place I've ever lived. And, you know, there's, 
you know, I've been touring all around and I mean, this kind of gives me a chance to come back and experience my, I mean, and, and I bet they were like, that's good. Well, no, they, we're going to use well, that. They were like, oh, wow, we can do music. You know, yeah. we can bring music into it. Yeah. We can, you know, it instantly elevated, you know, cause it started out as an, like a, I mean, it was a hunting out, you know, strictly yeah, a hook kinda, and bullet, kinda, yeah, kind of a hook and bullet type show. And yeah. then it, and it, then it turned into more of a cultural. travel, um, yeah, tourism. Yeah. Um, yeah, cultural, totally. So, uh, that was just super exciting. And what, you know, what I've learned over the last five years is that, you know, a production crew is much like a band. Yeah. You know, you're, that you're, you're driving, you're, you're in the, you're in the 15 van passenger van. <laughs> yes. You're setting up your tent for three hours yeah. and then you're tearing it down and you're moving on to yeah. the next place. Yeah. And I mean, instead of a drummer and a bass player and a guitar player, you got it's a you camera know, guy, like a sound guy, exactly. and a Everybody. wardrobe person. Yeah. So I, you know, once, Thankfully, my first job, uh, you know, the show was called Tennessee Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, you know, a few years later became Tennessee Valley Uncharted. Yeah. But it aired on PBS. Um, it, you know, thankfully, because I mean, I'm like, I don't know how to host a show. Thankfully, yeah. my first job as host, I was writing the theme song. So it was kind of like, yeah. oh, well. And that Which was, was the- great, by the way. Oh, thanks, I think it's man. really good. Thanks, it, it exemplifies dude. the show, and it also it set the tone for it. Well, I think without it, it would it it would have been kind of a nebulous kind of emotional space to huh. fill for that show. Thank like I you. think that your theme song really well, really what, solidified the vibe. What's fun is is that I wrote that in what I hoped it would be because it still wasn't any, we hadn't filmed anything, you know, we didn't know what it was going to become. Well, But it sounds like to me that they took your audition, they took your story. They, they took the story that you were telling and your, you know, your musical input too. And, and they didn't fit it into their idea of what the show would be. They let it be what the show was. Yeah. They they, They brought your story in, they brought your music in and let that tell half the story. Yeah. And then, and then every, you know, the production side and all that is the, is the rest. Well, and then, and then for me, you know, thankfully, cause I'm the worst actor, you know, you give me a line to read. I'm like, hello, Ben Fields. I've I've tried to direct you before. It's, (laughs) it's miserable. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But you know, the the show's built on, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Like, Eric, can you raise raise your right hand? (laughs) That was your left hand, Eric. I'm so confused right now. Yeah. You know, the the show was built on just me truly, you know. Being you? Yeah, yeah. And and Mm -hmm. experiencing what it was. And, you know, I mean, we went in with with story, you know, Mm -hmm. ideas and kind of knowing, you know, where we were and what the place was that we were going. But, you know, you never really know mm-hmm. till you get there. And, 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 I mean, that's what traveling's all about. And I think that's why the show worked so well is yeah. that, um, you know, that people, it, it did kind of have that, hey, let's, you know, we're going to a new place and yeah. we'll kind of see what happens. And Well, and, and um, I say the thing about, you know, I've tried to direct you before it's hard. You know, I, I, I say that in jest because... I really do feel like that show is unequivocally you and it's you being you. And that's what made that show so great was this was a storyline that was told through your, through your lens. Thanks. And I, and I thought that that was really the magic of that show. Did, did people start to recognize you from that instead of music? That's exactly what I was just thinking about that. I mean, you know, I would have people stop me and they would be like, you know, we, you know, our family loves 
to watch and we've gone to several of the places yeah. uh, you know that that you've gone to and yeah. you know we kind of we watch with our notebooks so we can make notes and and you know we're it's kind of awesome. our you know, writing our, our new bucket list. That's adding the way to you draw it up. List. If you're creating a show like that, that's what you want the viewer to do. Right. Well, again, it's just like with the music. I mean, you want people to feel something yeah. and feel connected and be inspired. And I mean, that's yeah. the, the show had heart. Yeah. Um, and, and people could feel it and they were like, man, you know, it, it was my job to try and experience it. And be the the crowd representative. Yeah, That's the way I always exactly. described it. You know that that it's like, hey, it's you know, I I am I'm hoping that you know Joe sitting. On, this is the way I'd always put it. You know, <laughs> Joe sitting on his couch drinking a Budweiser. <laughs> you know, who's flipping through the channels. You know, I'm wanting Joe to be like, huh? If that guy can do that, I can do it. <laughs> or that guy looks like he's having the time of his life. I want to go do that, you well, know. And you you did a good job of making it very relatable and very human, and you never tried to cover up that you were a novice at these things, at fly fishing, <laughs> at climbing, yeah. at you know. It, yeah. it was bringing this humor to it and this accessibility, accessibility. Access, yes, that 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 really I think made made the show work. Hundred percent. So so as I said, it was the, it, it's the way that the creators of the show drew it up. You know, was it also the way you drew it up? Now you still get recognized at Costco, but you get to be home with your family all the time, too. This sounds like the best of both worlds to me. So thank you for bringing that back. Yes, it, it um, you know, at, at, over a three-year period, I mean, the farthest I traveled from home um, pretty much was, was Memphis, you know, yeah. I mean— um, Get to see your folks while you're out that way, man. Yeah, totally. We did actually for <laughs> yeah, one of the shoots. We great. we stayed with my parents, the whole yeah. crew and everything. But we did, and my mom cooked. She loved it. Oh, she lo- no, she loved it. She loved it. These people stink. <laughs> <laughs> they need a shower or something. Yeah. Well, our audio guy didn't shower the whole time we were there, and my mom, my mom noticed. She totally noticed. <laughs> uh, so, um, but you but, ultimately. But, but it, well, the TV show, you know, I mean, I will be forever grateful to um, to Brian Allen um, for for not giving up on me as a friend um, and for for giving me an opportunity to audition um, for yeah. a show that that really, at, you know, probably didn't quite have the qualifications to even audition. Um, but I mean, just that that door. Again, one of those mm-hmm. doorways, you know, and, um, you know, without that opportunity, I don't I, I still don't really know where my marriage yeah. would be because the TV show, it gave me a job and an income. It gave me a creative outlet. It gave me that validation, obviously, <laughs> that this conversation is, has totally highlighted that I need so much. I need it, too. I just recognize it. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, yeah, we're I, looking I at that. a mirror. Is this a mirror I'm looking at or two handsome bearded fellows that look look a lot alike yeah. in the same dress? Um, but uh, it, it, you know, the, the TV show allowed me to – I wasn't gone, you know, on the road as yeah. much. Um, it made it life allow- civilized, right? I mean, it, it made yeah, it livable. Yeah, it kind of gave, uh, you know, the 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 – closest glimpse of a routine you know that we 
still kind of to this day yeah. had experienced mm-hmm. and um you know just allowed us to to catch our breath yeah. to let the dust settle and to to rebuild yeah. and uh all the while kind of building something new in me mm-hmm. um and, and probably with your family too oh dude I mean, 100% a, you know it was a new normal well, it was a reintroduction yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Hey, I'm your dad. Hey, I'm <laughs> your husband. Yeah. I know. I'm, hadn't <laughs> I mean, been around. see me a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, and I don't know if you would – I feel like you're the humble kind of guy that wouldn't mention this, but uh, didn't you write a lot of VO for the show too? Like after the shows were were shot and you were you were involved in the storytelling part of it too? Yeah, the first two seasons okay. I was. Didn't um, you win an Emmy? I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm so, glad that you brought that up. Well, well that's what I mean. Him? You would never bring that up because of no. how humble well, you are, but you're an I, Emmy Award-winning television I writer. <laughs> I, I know, I know, and which is it's so funny that you say that. I just am going to tell a funny personal story. Yesterday for Mother's Day, we were at my brother-in-law's and uh, in, in my sister's yeah. house, and you know, my mom and dad came into town, and we um, were celebrating Mother's Day, and. Um, while being at the Emmys, I got a a set of wine glasses, two wine glasses that say Emmy Awards or, you know, they're like Emmy. I don't know. They're Emmy wine they hand glasses. They them out to all the winners yeah, of swag, Emmys. It's swag, right? Yeah. Um, and I left one at at my my sister's house. Um, cause I, I guess traveled with a roadie. I don't know. <laughs> um, somehow I got to my sister's house. I don't know. I have no idea, but my brother-in-law was drinking out of it and he goes, Oh, well, I guess, you know, I'm an Emmy award winning writer or whatever, as he's drinking out of this. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you want this back. So when your friends are over, you can drink out of this glass and have a way to tell people that you're an Emmy award winning writer. It's like, no, I carry it around. And I carry the Emmy around with me while I'm serving them. It's wine. on a chain. Exactly. It is the, it's the, you know, aerator it's the for the wine, the, can, the decanter. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that also just talking about the show and just what a saving grace it was, you know, I, in writing those episodes, I mean, it was, I don't know, 24 episodes or so. I think it was 12 to, to 14 episodes a season, those first two years. And I was able, I wrote them like songs. I mean, you know, there's like a yeah. rhythm to them. There's a, it, it, I've spent days and day, like well, hours and hours, like there poured was over a them. displacement that was happening, right? Either your music, your songwriting stuff is not happening. That void that vacuum has to be filled with 100%. something else. So it's the same creativity going back into that spot. 100%. And it's a healthy, a healthy displacement. That's totally. Happening. Well, and, um, you know, it's like, well, I don't know anything about writing a television show. Well, Hey, just give it a shot and see, you know, and, 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 you know, it, it, the growth that came from that because it was written, um, you know, just from a, experiential, I mean, which is what my music is, right? And it's kind of like, oh, well, hey, let's go back to just putting our hand over our heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't, I mean, for me watching TV, it's like, all right, well, this guy is bass fishing. Well, I've seen that a million (laughs) times, but, you know. With the the sound off, you know, watching somebody fish is not that exciting. But then, you know, to me, it's all about storytelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where. Bring the human element in. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then it, I'm just able to tell stories, tell stories, yeah. you know, and um, when I think about like 
people who just found their their place and and fell into the puzzle piece they were meant to fall into. You've got a music career, you've got a communications degree, and you also have an English totally yeah, an English yeah. degree. So you're so you're talking. I mean, you fell into you could not have created, you could not have manufactured a better you know position in this world for Eric Baker. You are a hundred percent correct. And you know, someone corrected me on that early on because I was like, hey, yeah, you know, I've never you know put my degree to use, and they're like, dude, don't you're you're an idiot if you're saying that because everything that you're doing, you're putting your degree to use. Not just and your degree, but all your life experience. My whole life experience, yeah. yeah. I mean, all just, it's, you are utilizing it. To, yeah. All of it. Well, and, you know. And, and you're utilizing your home stuff too. You know, you're yeah. getting to actually, for once, you know, in the last 10 years, be fully uh, involved in that part. Yeah. Too. That's the part that makes me just so excited for you is that it just, it, it feels like you're full, you know, and I didn't know you when you weren't. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's boy to say that I'm full. That's a great way to say it because I feel like, um, you know, for the longest time I had half of it Yeah, and like, you know, kind of, I would empty the glass and fill it with something else and, you know, but I was never all the way, I didn't have it, all the contents in there. And, um, you know, there are days when definitely I spill some of it, yeah. you know, or whatever, but, yeah. but, but really the last five years, um, you know, pl- you know, five, six years have, mm-hmm. I've really been able to, to put it all together and, awesome, and, man. and I mean, you know, luck is a big part of it and, you know, certainly, um, you know, just people, People like yourself, man. I mean, an opportunity like this. I mean, like being able to just talk and tell my story. And, you know, I mean, I know we've I've bounced all over the place or whatever. But oh. but I mean, it's opportunities like this, you know, that 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 mean a lot. Yeah. Um, and well, and I'm, 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 I'm really very grateful for sure. So thank you. Yeah, man. I'm very grateful, too. And I appreciate you coming by and talking to me. Yeah, Is man. There anything we've missed? Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I do just want to say that like, uh, I mean, I guess, well, I mean, it would be self-serving type stuff like, you know, my new, I talk about new record and, and the documentary yeah. is super, I mean, you, you mentioned that earlier and I wanted mm-hmm. to be like, wow, that's so cool that, cause that's something yeah. that and never in a million years I thought would be possible. And so I was going to, um, I think those two are tied together a little long, bit, right? They definitely are. The, yeah, I don't the, know how long we've been going. I mean, people may have already tu- tuned out, but I mean, if people still want to listen, I think the people that are listening to this love you already, so they're they're still listening. the The documentary and Morning Light kind of yep. did a parallel thing, right? They did. Yep. So how did that? How did that kind of start? And where did it end up? Both of them, both the al- both the record and the documentary. So the I'll start with the album. Okay. So um, you know the the new record I released earlier this year. It's called Morning Light, and I recorded it with Will Carter at Eleanor Studios here in town. Actually, he's a badass. Yes, yeah, such a badass, such <laughs> a great great dude. Um, and I know he. I owe him a call back. He sent me a t- couple text messages today, and I hadn't called him back. Sorry, Will. I know that you aren't. <laughs> but but we we our relationship started. Um, he toured with me 
uh, as a side guy for a couple of years and, you know, we, um, traveled up and down the East coast a bunch together. So and, when you were touring as, as a singer songwriter, he was, he was a band he, member. Yeah. He 2000, support, yeah 2013. He was my main, um, like side guy. Gotcha. So, uh, so he was unfortunately kind of there when it was all falling, you know, where yeah. it was, we were playing big shows and it was going great, but also like personally, yeah. you know, I, you know, was falling apart a little bit. He's too. seen you at your best and your worst. He indeed has seen <laughs> both. Yeah, indeed. A hundred percent. So, um, you know, kind of came back from touring into 2013. He actually was in, um, one of the first few episodes. He was in the first um, the Akoe episode of Tennessee Uncharted. Really? He went down the Akoe with us. Was or he your buddy? Was he your sidekick? He was. He yeah, was he was Andy like Richter? a sidekick. He was, yeah, he was. He just was like, you know, he and his girlfriend came down the river with us. And um, and then uh, and then it was kind of like, all right, well, hey, I'm doing this TV thing and I'm not going to be touring anymore. So we kind of, you know, we just you know, we kept up with each other, but we, Mm -hmm. we weren't, was that a tough break? I mean, was there any, like for him, was there any like, damn man, that was my, that was my shot. No, man. He he was was cool with it. Yeah. And he, you know, he's got, I mean, he's just a mega talented dude with tons of opportunities. And, you know, I probably was holding him back, you know, really. He's (laughs) like, I'm glad that's over with (laughs) that guy. (laughs) We, Uh, and I'll just tell a quick story. We were in New York city, you know, having to drive in Manhattan playing, yeah, that's and, fun, isn't you know, it? Oh man. You know, so I drive in, yeah. you know, and you know, then we pay $50 to park or whatever, you know, and then I make, you know, $35 yeah, to play music, or yeah. whatever. And, and meanwhile, you know, maybe have a few drinks Sure. <laughs> and will, uh, will doesn't drink. So he was the perfect side guy. Cause he could always drive us, drive us home or drive like us away from the chick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so we're, we're playing, um, we played, uh, um, Minglewood hall, I believe is what it was called. They have like three rooms. We played like the, you know, the closet room basically or whatever. <laughs> Um, but we're loading out and we're leaving and it's pouring rain and we're in Manhattan, you know, I mean, we're having to, and, and Will is driving and I'm, you know, I've had a few drinks or whatever. We still laugh about this <laughs> and the, the GP, you know, GPS is going and he keeps missing turns because, you know, in big cities, it, it doesn't, the GPS doesn't work really well. And yeah, I'm like, in between a bunch of buildings, it doesn't update. And, and I'm like, Will. There's a human element here. <laughs> and, and he said that to me a thousand times since. But I'm just like, what are you doing? Will, there's a human element here. That, you know, If like, I were Will, that would be exactly what I said when you missed the F chord. <laughs> right. Well, I'm surprised he didn't just push me out of the car and be like, there's a human element. Find your, you know, find your own way. Exactly. Um, but, you know, we spent, you know, he went on and did awesome things and, um, and, and then we, we just reconnected, uh, it was, uh, 2017, fall of 2017 had lunch, had some Thai food together and, and, uh, I was thinking about making a new record. But you'd been out of the music game for a while, right? Well, I'd released Dear Amanda. I mean, I know people who are listening, I know this is all over the place and I'm sorry, but this is definitely a snapshot into my brain and how it works or whatever. But I think it's great. But, um, just to, I guess, set it up, um, after 
Tennessee Uncharted, you know, doing that and kind of getting my personal life. Yeah, getting your feet back under you a little bit. Totally. That, that then the inspired stage, uh, yeah. like a, a foundation for you to say, okay, I'm going to start playing is, music. Yeah. If this is normal and, and this is, this is life. Okay. I've got that sorted out. Yeah. Let me try to add a, an extra degree of difficulty here and get yeah. back into something I love. Yeah. And that was where, uh, uh, where dear Amanda came from the, the album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so was, I, so it was a, it was a, uh, it was a love letter to, 100%. to her from, from all the, I'm sorry you had to do for the yeah. last few years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a, you know, Hey, this is, yeah. I mean, this is the first time that we're making music as a family. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, cool. just kind of figuring that a out. new era and, a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it's like, Hey, every decision that, that, that I make, it's like either it takes me away from my family or it kind of pushes me into them, you know, and, yeah. And just using that that direction um, for my decisions, I mean, that's pretty much how I've navigated over yeah. the last five years yeah. is, hey, I mean, I'm, I mean, some things, yes, they're going to take me away, but it can't be for long, you know, mm-hmm. and definitely, I mean, everything needs to be in step with, yeah. with my family. So. so 2017 was Dear Amanda? 2015. 2015. Yeah. So, so, so when did you record? 17, you recorded with Will again yeah, in 2017. Yeah, so reconnected with Will uh, in fall two se- 2017. 2017. Um, and and he, you know, had been been touring with other people and had had uh, built up his, his studio, Eleanor Studios. Yeah, and, I've and been there. Like, place is awesome. Yeah, man. So great. So great. And, and uh, he was like, hey, um, you know, let's let's record a song, you know, let's get the band back together. Well, and it was just kind of like, Hey, you know, cause I mean, we just were catching up and talking yeah. and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about making another record and everything. And he was oh, like, well, Hey, awesome. he was like, Hey, come to my studio. Um, you know, let's record one song and just see what happens and see how it goes. If nothing else, you know, you've, you've got a song out of it. You know, I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen is that you've got a song that you can release as a single or, sure. or whatever. Yeah. And man, we, you know, over a few days recorded, um, heaven is crying, which is on the new record and, you know, ended up, it was an amazing experience. I mean, just, it felt just a hundred percent right. And like, I knew instantly that, that I was going to record more than one song, you know, for sure. Um, and you know, we, we finished that, that three day session, two or three day session and was like, well, let's make a record. And, and what's awesome is we, we really used that first song. That yeah. was like our tent pole. It was like, man, yeah. you know, the, the, the vibe of it, the, just everything about it, it, we built around that. And was it like a sleepover when you're a kid that you just don't want to end? Like you don't want your friend to go home at the end <laughs> well, of the day? I would say Will probably <laughs> eventually wanted me to, because I was like, all right, man. You know, it's like, I live here crap, now. you are. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're here again? Boy, you know, I got to go somewhere, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, in 2018, um, I, then, you know, we were like, all right, in March, um, uh, March 1st is when we started working on the record. On Morning Light? Yeah, Morning Light of 2018. Gotcha. Um, and when did it come out? 
It came out uh, January 31st of 2020. Oh, so that was a good, good long labor of love there. A couple of years. Of it was, it, you know. Almost a couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, it. Uh, I was trying to get my ducks in a row. Well, and you, trying it was to, the painter thing. It was that you didn't slap a bunch of paint on the canvas. You yeah, dug in I and did. got it all. Well, and also, I just it. was so proud of it. I was like, man, I just don't want to just throw this thing out there and be like, got yeah. some new. You know, I was trying to to be smart about, yeah. you know, smarter about it. Um, and it was the first we, record you'd release in five years, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it needed, it needed some attention. Yeah, that's right. I think that's, I think that, <laughs> I think that math works out, Ben. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that big of a gap. In between. It's all that homeschooling I've been yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, let's see. Decimal. Yeah, move the, um, but the you know that that experience you know bringing in now the documentary side of of, yeah, of composing a stranger um so jordan peltz yeah. uh who's the director mm-hmm. um he was also working on the tv show on tennessee um, uncharted yeah yeah at that point it was tennessee valley uncharted yeah it went um, through a, 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 yeah. a rebrand a little bit exactly and um and so we had spent a lot of time together he a lot of drive well. time a lot of you know just a lot of hanging out in the middle of nowhere you know um and talking and hanging and yeah. and you know just turned out that i mean we're brothers from another mother yeah. and um you know a lot of even though we've experienced um you know, our lives and and passions and 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 kind of our roads have been different yet very much the same mm-hmm. and um just in me talking about my experiences and challenges and everything i mean he you know saw himself in that and heard himself and you know it experienced a lot of the same stuff you know i don't want to necessarily speak for him or whatever yeah. but but we but he saw me and, you know, or we saw he- you made yourself available to him and, and he you you made Eric Baker <laughs> available to him in, in terms of, you know, opening yourself up. And I think he saw it. I think he saw what he saw. He saw the heart in there. He saw the story in there. Well, he saw the emotions in there. Well, and I also think I mean, more than that, he like saw himself in it. You think I do? I do. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, just in talking about really everything that I've done. I mean, I I hope that people, when they listen to my music or they watch the TV show or they watch the documentary or whatever, it's not necessarily seeing me. It's seeing themselves or seeing some part of themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that is my hope and my goal. You know, I don't want them to hear me singing about my life. Mm -hmm. I want them to hear a part of their life you know I, it's my hope as an artist that mm-hmm. i'm speaking um i am speaking for myself but but i mean the beauty of it is when when it's when it's a bridge to somebody else you know just back mm-hmm. to that when somebody doesn't feel alone you know or so it's back to that thing that i mentioned at the at the beginning that we talked about which is what i heard you say that day that i was shooting with you was that i don't want someone to feel sad because they hear my song. I want them to have a mirror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it seems like that's a bit thematic. And it seems like that's why Jordan, Yeah, <laughs> you know, gravitated to your story. And I think he did an incredible job of telling it. He told me um, that 
you guys screened it together. It was the first time you had seen it. And, and this was a year in the making. The documentary took a year to make. And uh, he told me, he said, uh, he said, after it was done, Eric gave me a minute long hug. I did. Which was something we used to do back in the but, <laughs> hugging yeah. was a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, you know, like was heaving, crying, you know, just it the It feels emotion. like you told your story. Oh, man. You know, I've uh, the, the, I mean, I've had some amazing newspaper articles and magazine yeah. articles and um, interviews on TV, that type of thing, you know, wh- which are snapshots. And, mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, w- what was unnerving about the process is that, that I was like, hey, you know, I'm making a record. And I mean, he basically kind of followed me um, for, a, I mean, you said a, a year. year in the making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just was, um, uh-huh. I mean, a, a part of a lot of things that happened over that year. And um, and I didn't see a single frame of it. I until, remember that too. Yeah, and, and, and I was like, you know, anything that I've been involved in, I'm very... Yeah, um, you're part of it, right? Oh, it's, yeah, it's very hands-on, very... But Jordan um, was making his project. Totally. But you were very much a big player in this project, Yeah, totally. Right? Well, yeah. and what's amazing is um, the way that he told the story, you know, there... I, I can't wait for people to see it. And what's awesome is, like, right here, right now, I've not even... I mean, this is the first that I've even talked about it. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that there is a documentary that has been made about me, <laughs> to even say it out loud. And when you said it at the beginning of the thing, I wanted to be like, wait a second. <laughs> Imposter stop, syndrome. Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Um, it, it. it is one of the greatest honors and compliments. I mean, the fact that Jordan gave so much of his time and his life mm-hmm. and time away from his family. Absolutely. And, you know, um, and I mean, uh, and there were a lot of other people that, that played a part in it. Well. I mean, you, were, you were, you were there as well, you know, for yeah. some of the shoots and, um, you know, just, but he, he really put, I can, I feel his heart in it, mm-hmm. though, which is I just, do too. And yeah. Jordan is one of those people that, um, is as convicted about their craft as you are. Yeah. At all costs. Yeah. The man believes in story. He believes in telling a story. He believes in telling a visual story. Yours may be a little more auditory, audible, uh, musical, uh, but you guys are, are, are to me, parallel storytellers. And to see you guys tell a story together like that is, I cried. When I watched it. Awesome. Because you both did, did you it. Really, you yes, really did? I did. Yeah. I mean, I definitely Because did. of your yeah, work I mean, and because of his. Because yeah. of your story and because of his work. And it was, it, it's an amazing story. And I cannot wait for people to see it. Well, and that's, so I mean, good. for people who are still listening as we, as we continue <laughs> to ramble on, um, composing a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there aren't details on when it's going to be out and when yeah, it's, can it's see on it. the but, um, a film festival tour. So if he were to release it, it would, it would go disqualify him. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So he can't really do that because it, it needs to hit the festival tour, yeah. which he's been accepted to a lot of them. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're going to see yourself well, out there. What, what I, what I just want to say about it is that, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily just a story about me. I don't Mm-mm. think, you know, I mean, it's a story about humanity. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. 
that I mean, it's a universal story. Yeah, it, I think it, so. I mean, I mean, you know, and I'm extremely biased, I guess, at this point or whatever. I, but I, I'm but unbiased, I, and it's and it's and it's a universal story. And you did a great job telling it, and and Jordan did a great job yeah. telling it too. You guys both did. Um, you both did exactly what was you and what was what what was you at the time, and it resonates, man. Yeah, it's strong. Well, and what's I mean, what's cool is it was built around and during the time of creating Morning Light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which but it started out being when I when I heard Jordan pitch it to me. It was like, hey, I'm gonna make uh I'm gonna make a, a documentary about Eric releasing his new album. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it, I was like, Eric definitely released a new album during this documentary, right. but that was not what this was about. Yeah. yeah. And that to me was the the part that was just had so much gravity. Yeah. Because the story is so deep. And and while the catalyst was, yes, you were recording a new album, coming up with new material and making your way back to performing. Yep. There was a lot more to it than that. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, we're going to sit here and talk about it and people aren't even going to watch it. You no, know, because hey, we're no, going to give it yeah. all away. Well, and then, gonna- <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely I'm, I'm excited for people to see it and, and just to say that there is a documentary about you. Yeah. It's so, so cool. <laughs> I mean, it is cool. It is just yeah. super cool. Yeah. Like I, um, it's even cooler once you watch it. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I'm super excited about. And then, you know, the, the record that was built around that, um, you know, Will Carter did such a great job, um, bringing that music, yeah, producing it and just taking my music to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's, you know, sitting here right now, you know, I'm 41 years old. I've been playing music now for over a decade. Um, I, I, I've heard, you know, you, you look at, at like Nashville, right. And, and you look at so many people that, that burn out so quickly and, and that, you know, that they, you hear these horror stories of how they have someone trying to make them into someone that they're not. And just all of these, all of these things that potentially could have been me. And, and just sitting here right now, um, just with with the possibility of tomorrow, um, there's still so much possibility. Yeah, um, you're not jaded. I'm not, you know, yeah. and I've, you know, it's. Um, I mean, you know, I I now, uh, you know, just thinking about like songwriting and everything. Now, I mean, just like anything, I have to like say like for me, tomorrow is a writing day. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's on the calendar. I have to put it on the calendar, you know, and yeah. and. But uh, the fact that I've been able to carve out, not uh, the way that my wife and I put it, um, we haven't I haven't made a career in music. I've made a life in music. Absolutely, and it's the work life integration. It's not totally. the work life balance. Yep. You know, it's not I'm doing this thing and then I'm doing family. Yeah, it's you've blended this all together. Totally, and you've created a way, and you have manufactured or curated your own experience for it, your totally. own way to make it work. It's not going to work for anybody else. Yeah. Your blueprint. What, exactly. Work for you. Nobody's going to go make a TV show, win an Emmy for writing, tour as a musician, make a documentary. No, Nobody's going to do that blueprint, but it's the one that works for you. It's the one that worked for you. And I'm grateful that it's been your trip because it's been so fascinating to watch. And it's, it's, it, it springs hope, man. It's like, there's no there's no blue blueprint for for artists out there. 
That's what, that's what I was going to, I mean, yeah, that, that's my blueprint and you know, it's definitely unique, but I mean, the thing is, is that in the time that we live in right now, the power of the independent artist is, is more powerful than it's ever been. And, and it's all about expectation. And, you know, if, if you're hoping to be famous and make a million dollars, it's probably it's a bad goal. Yeah. Not, not a good goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, if it's about paying the mortgage and, and being able to take your kid to, to school every mm-hmm. day and pick her up every day, um, you know, it's, it's the little things and yeah. it's a trip that worked for you. It is hundred yeah. percent. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's what's brought me here tonight. And, and I, again, you know, just thanks for the time. This may be the longest podcast session. It's, it's the longest one yet, but man, yes. I gotta tell you, I love you. And I'm glad that you're here. Eric. I, I love you too, I, man. I appreciate thank it. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was awesome. Talking to Eric. I've been waiting to do that for a long time. He was on my very short list of people that I wanted to talk to when I was concepting this podcast and when I started it and it was so worth the wait. I'm so glad that he came by to do it and I'm extremely grateful that he took time out of his day to come do it. And thank you guys for all of it. Thank you. Uh, Check out the new website and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. Check out the new merch. There's new merch out there. Uh, We've got the headphone mark on T-shirts, tank tops, socks, and leggings now, too. It's pretty sweet. I dig it. You guys should check it out. Southofscruffy.com. Thank you guys for listening. I love y'all. Scruffhead. Matt Honkin and Play Me Out.